When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. <laughs> Welcome in, everybody. Ben and Woods, 97.3, The Fan. We have baseball today on this radio station. Baseball yes. is officially back. I was uh, shooting the breeze, chewing the fat with a guy at the gas station this morning. He had his Padres hat on. I looked at him. I go, you ready? He goes, I'm ready. I said, I can't wait. He said, me neither. I'm excited. <laughs> Padres Dodgers today. I know it's preseason. I was uh, looking to see if I could gamble on it. Uh, this morning. It's not up yet. I mean, you have to be a real degenerate to gamble on pre-spring training baseball, but I'm just glad it's back, man. It just feels right. Um, We are uh, on our third producer of the week, and uh, his name is Adam Klug. I don't know why he's not in the YouTube feed. He's filling in for Pauly today. Adam, where are you, buddy? Are you there? I'm here. I don't need to be on camera. No, you do need to be on camera. Everyone wants to see that bald dome of yours that is blinding me right now. Look at that, Benny. It is blinding me from over here. Can we get that uh, shade and put it between us? Because it is like... Now I know how Donald I've Rosillo got a feels. foundation in my car. I can do get you, it. Will yeah, you go get your foundation, kind of please? Touch yeah. him up a little bit. You have to be on camera. Kluger, we need you. There he is. There he is. I wasn't Handsome. planning on it. It's right up in your grill, too. It's right up. You, know, you have to. This is uh, this is part of the, the Ben and Woods experience. This is what they want. People want to see you. They want to see your facial expressions. Yes, Do they, they? want to see you. It's great to be here. I'm Woodsy. That is Adam Klug. He is the uh, the brand manager for 97.3 The Fan and uh, sometimes producer. Uh, ben Higgins, your friendly neighborhood sports anchor, joins us as well. Benjamin, how good, are you? Good morning. Adam, you're looking very sharp, non-tablecloth-y today. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to get in. I want to get into your attire uh, at some point today. I did want to ask you, though. Now, it's the last time, Ben, do you remember? Do you remember the last time we had Adam Klug in studio? Other than the extravaganza. Correct. Like like the last time we had him in studio. Do you remember that day? I do not. You don't remember that day? I don't think I remember that day. Remember, we just come off of uh, Christmas vacation, and Adam came in and wanted to address the the audience. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. When he sat right not over there. Producer, yeah, not saying. as producer. Not as a producer. Yes, yes. Right. I remember when he came in and addressed the audience about some changes here at 97.3 The Fan. Now, that was, uh, that was uh, an interesting day, certainly. And it's been an interesting, interesting time since. 
Now, Adam, I wanted to ask you. So uh, we've got a new show, Annie and Elston, you guys know, uh, and they're on right after us every day. Now, have ratings come out yet, Adam? Because I wanted to check with you to see how they're doing if ratings have come out. Have they? Have we gotten ratings yet? We just got our first month of ratings, but I thought we don't talk about ratings. We did. Now, show. hang on, though. because So the station's in the toilet then, right? Because I, I was told repeatedly that the station is going to go down in flames. Are we in flames? No, the station is doing just fine. Better than just fine. We're doing better than just fine. Okay. I just I want to check with you because I'm not privy to that info. How are they doing? The new show. They're doing really, really well. Are they? Very happy with them. That's excellent. That's excellent news. Yeah, I don't I don't get the 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 emails that say how people are doing. So they're state again, just to confirm, station's not in the crapper. The station is not in the crapper. Okay. Like like we're up at the top near the top. Of of all stations, that would be correct. Okay, good. I just want to make sure. I'm just you know want to keep in a, a really slow time where there's no Padres news except for a couple of relievers. Yeah, yeah. It's been a really exciting off season, making uh, making something out of nothing. Benjamin is what we've been doing. Well, it's good to hear. I'm happy for for them. I'm glad that they're on the squad and uh, doing so well. I had no doubt. It was not. Uh, I was never worried. I was. They, they're going to do very well. I listen every day, and uh, they're getting better and better every single day. I like the chemistry. I like the show, and uh, they're doing a fantastic job. Uh, Padre Bot says, Adam Klug looked different in my radio mind. <laughs> I mean, there's pictures of the guy everywhere. In fact, there was one yesterday that uh, – now, who posted that picture yesterday? The afternoon show? That was uh, Scraby posted that Scraby picture. posted it, and they were making fun of Adam for his, his – um, what was it, like gingham or something? Like a tablecloth-y looking like – checkered. Checkered – like ready for a hoedown type a, shirt. A little, yeah. a little bit. Now, where did you get that shirt? That was a Banana Ugh, Republic shirt. Okay, Banana a, Republic. It was like a pink plaid checkered type shirt. Now, I liked that shirt a lot in 2014. I did. I liked it a ton. I'm, just, I'm not. I don't even. Is this considered a stray? I'm right here, so I don't even think it's a stray. No, you're not right catching. No, you're not going to catch any strays. I won't shoot you in the back, my friend. I'll be, shoot you right up front. I, I'd be a compl- I'd be complimented if I was within 10 years of the fashion. That's. That, I think that's, that is. That's actually pretty good to be within 10 years of the current fashion. I'm. I'm still wearing my 90s gear, I think, so, for the most part. So. so they posted this picture of you, and you obviously they're giving you grief for the, like, was it the material? Because it's like that paper towel. Now, listen, by the way, your boy right here. No, I had, no, you're just giving me a tar- uh, hard time about the material. I had it in pink. I had it in blue. I had it in light blue. I had it in red. I had it in black and white. I had it in every color you could imagine. Is it like the paper towel type waffly material? No, it's just a normal shirt. Normal shirt. And I think you caught a lot of grief for your jeans, too. I saw you getting worn out for your jeans yeah, as Mr. well. Mr. Foster gave me a hard time. Our pal Foster. I mean, by the way, fashion maven himself, Chris Foster, uh, our hillbilly buddy. The, I mean, he's no Tom Ford uh, either. But why Why do you think they were giving you such a hard time yesterday? I mean, it's a, it's pretty typical. They just said that my shirt looked like it was a tablecloth. And I said if it were red instead of pink, it would look like it was in an Italian restaurant, I thought. It's pretty. But I don't think pink tablecloths were, I mean, were not where I'm eating. Well, it's pretty, it's very, man, you know, it's very like program director, manager wear. Have you embraced this look yet? The three-quarter zip? We I, bought I you have, one. I have plenty of three-quarter zips. Okay. Now, we bought you one. Actually, quarter zip. Not three-quarter zip. Sorry, quarter that, zip. That'd be weird. Yeah, three-quarter zip would be very weird. That would be like Luke Voigt would wear start, like a three-quarter zip. start a new zip. style there, Woods. <laughs> right here. 
<laughs> now, but the jeans is something I wanted to ask you about. Because I the shirt, I like. I probably own the exact same one. The jeans, jeans to me, are a bit not informal. We wear sweatpants here, right? But, like, jeans... Why haven't you invested in some nice pants from, like, Lulu? What was wrong with his jeans, though? Well, they were a bit oversized. They were a bit kind of, like, baggy Were the jeans oversized, little... or is Adam just a little undersized? Well, he's a little, he's a little bub, dude. Yeah. You know that, but... Did you get those at, did you get those at Baby Gap? No. No? I, Where'd you get them? I have a hard time finding jeans that fit me well. Old Navy? No, I, I think I don't remember where those. I think those may have been Banana Republic as well. I don't know. I do have plenty of jeans that different fit. You know, <laughs> d- depending on when you bought them, how old they were. I had lost weight at some point. I, you know, I don't know. Hmm. Fashion's not. It doesn't. You no. don't think about it very much. Does it look like I do? I mean, you don't look bad. You never look bad. You never look slovenly. We look slovenly at times. I'm. At, this is actually. I'm dressed up today. I've got an MC a, an event today. Uh, master of ceremonies at the the groundbreaking for the new seals practice facility. So I, this is as dressed up as I get: a collared shirt and a, a quarter zip. I wear a collared shirt almost yeah, every day. You do, I'd say. you do, you do. That's fair. Now, the denim though, are we are shouldn't we have moved past denim? In what regards? Like, like you maybe don't, like, don't get, wear jeans anymore? Yeah, just get maybe some nice pants like these uh, that I have on. Ben has a few pair of these. Paulie's got some of the ABC pants maybe from Lulu. You so like, are you saying all people move those, past are, denim? Are those or nicer maybe... or are they just more comfortable? I think both. I think they're more comfortable. Well, I, I, I wouldn't know. I think they're more casual than jeans, though. Absolutely not. These are these look like bl- I could wear these to a nightclub. I could wear them to play golf. I would say any any pants that don't have a elastic waistband and don't have like buttons. And do, you, a, do you think jeans zippers. are formal? They're they're not formal, but I think they're fancier than any. I mean, those are basically nice sweatpants you're wearing. But they're not. They have a button. Oh, yours have a button. Of course they do. They have a button. These are the ABCs. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I have I have similar ones, but they don't have a button. Well, I've got those, too. Okay. Those are the sweatpants. Yeah. These are the ones that you can wear. You can play golf in them. You can go to a, a board meeting. go to a nightclub. You can do whatever you want in them. So I think maybe... Maybe for Christmas next year, we'll get him. What's What are you, about a 26, 24? We'll get you a pair next year for Christmas because we got you the Lulu last year. I've got a question. Does right. anyone around the office still wear a, like a coat and tie Ooh, anymore? That's a good question. Don't you? If there you, are a couple of the sales reps who do. Do they? Uh, one Mike, of our, Michael occasionally will, the big boss. Well, if he has like a meeting or do something. Do you feel pressured that you have to dress up if your boss dresses up in a coat and tie? You feel underdressed? Do you guys feel pressure to dress up nicer than you do because I no. wear a collared shirt? No, no, but again, we start our day at, you know very very early, and I don't think the rules necessarily they don't apply to us. Wear, apply to us. <laughs> at least I've, I've always said that in my own mind. I know things have gotten much more casual in the office since the pandemic. People just don't dress up. I stopped wearing ties on TV after the pandemic. Did you really? I used to wear ties every single day on television. Now I just go button-down shirt and a sport coat. I do not put on a tie every single day. It just it seems silly. Like, no one else is wearing ties when they go to the office. How'd you like to tie me why up with do, some of your ties? Why tie? do I have to wear a tie when I go to the office? Ties are the most useless, useless form of... Uh, when I had to wear a suit and tie... Suit and tie every day. It was... You you feel cool for about 
four seconds. And then you walk to the car and you're dripping sweat. Then you have to hang your suit jacket up and you're <gasps> choking to death driving into work. Then you get out. You got to redo the tie. You got to put the coat back on. Then you got to walk in the office. You're pouring sweat. Then you take the coat off. You hang it on the back of your chair or hang it up in your cube. And then you make phone calls. I'm in, in a suit. Aren't ties essentially from like before they knew how to make shirts correctly that could fit your neck so they. That held your shirt together. Is that That's why they, why did? they I had didn't, a tie. To, what, they did not have, well, they, they couldn't put one extra button up there? They couldn't or? figure out how to make the buttons work right, so you had to have a tie to tie ties? the keep the neck together on the I top of the it. shirt. I mean, I'll, I'll wear it. It's fun once a year to put on a suit and tie. I like the suit no tie. That's my favorite look, but it's not comfortable. I, Bro, when I started working with the SEALs, doing the PA for them, they're like, hey, we want everybody suited and booted. I'm like, all right, so I bought a nice suit, and then I bought another nice suit. And so I would rotate those in. I'm down there in the penalty box at a lacrosse game in a suit. And I finally said, I'm done. I'm done. I'm not, I can't do this anymore. I'm not comfortable. I'm pouring sweat. I got to dry clean all this stuff. I'm over it. You've got some stinky penalized lacrosse player sitting right next yeah. to you half the game. Hey, F you. <laughs> I'm like, all right, man. There, there he is. Adam's in there. Put the uh, picture up in the chat of, yeah, I mean, you know, I think you look good. You look trim. That's one thing you do look is you do look very trim. I wish I was as, as trim as he was. We are not super trim. How'd you lose all the weight? Yeah. How did you lose all the weight? <laughs> You're very disciplined. SD fat loss. SD fat loss. Of You've course, never needed dude. it. I can, I can assure everybody that Adam is not, Needed their service. What are you weighing in now? About, let me guess, 150. 150, 152. Bench press it. Can I bench press you? That'd be fun. That'd be a fun That might bit. be a viral video. That could you? be a viral video. Yeah, you, you look good. Spot you? He looks good in this picture. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> saying, like, he looks good in that picture. The jeans are just a little bit. You're, you're so trim, it might be better if they were a little bit more form-fitting. Or maybe some black pants would look better. I get it. There's a little bit of the picnic table vibe going to the shirt. But it's fine. It's a good shirt. They're they're breaking his balls. Did you – now, you like Banana Republic, and and, uh, I heard a rumor about you, by the way. It filtered its way back to me. Now, did you – have you ever worked at Banana Republic? Because you know I did. I worked at Banana Republic for a while. (laughs) No, my first job when I was in high school, I worked at Old Navy, which is the same company as Banana Republic. Yes. What was your day? It's such a the clothes are already inexpensive. What was your discount? Like, hey, you can get all of these shirts, fourteen shirts for twelve dollars. I believe it was a, if I remember correctly, it was a twenty percent discount, and you could use it at old at Old Navy Gap or Banana. Or Banana. So maybe I bought these jeans back when I was in high school. Potentially, <laughs> I'm kidding. They're now, not was, that old. What was your title uh, at at Old Navy? So here's the kind of this is a little bit ironic considering people are giving me flack for my jeans. <laughs> I, after working at Old Navy for a year or so, I got promoted to a title. It's a little embarrassing, but, you know, we're here for the show. They promoted me to Denim Expert. (laughs) I was Old Navy's (laughs) Denim Expert. The old D-E, the Denim Expert. It's true. I'm I'm not making that up. So if we needed to know the difference between, like, acid wash. Don't make me laugh, dude. I will cough up a lung. Uh, You're all complicit in the A's moving from Oakland to Las Vegas, since that's where uh, the Fishers got all their money was from the Gap and then gave it to their kid, who's now moving the the baseball team out of town. And it's on your labor of Old Navy Gap Banana Republic that the uh, the A's are allowed to move their team to Las Vegas. I so my, I hope you feel good about yourself. I think my wife just nailed it. 
Adam truly has BDE, big denim energy. <laughs> he does. That is true. Well, thank you guys for being here uh, with us this morning. We will set the menu uh, for you next as uh, Paulie, our little guy, still getting healthy. Need him right, man. Need him right for Monday. Don't really care about today or tomorrow. Not that I don't care, but, you know, I... I don't want him to to be sick and bring in more sickness. There's enough sickness in this place as it is. But uh, great to be here with you guys. And uh, anytime you get a a denim expert on the show, you have to take that chance. So our boss, uh, Adam Klug, joins us as well. We'll have some fun today. Denim Radio continuing until 10 o'clock this morning. Let's get a check of traffic with Kelly Danik. And we are off and running on the first game day of the spring for your San Diego Padres here on 97.3 The Fan. We'll be right back. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker of yours. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Be remiss if I uh, didn't offer a, a little shout out to Eddie at the Craft Taco yesterday. Oh, my God. Woods and I God. went and had our first lunch down there in Sereno Valley. Fantastic spot. And the food was divine i mean it really was some of the best tacos i i have had with the fresh uh, blue corn tortillas that they're making right there in-house they were the best blue corn tortillas i've had in my life buddy it was such a fun experience too because they did the thing where you know they're 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 a sponsor of the the station and the show now and um they reached out to us and said we love your show we listen every day we're huge padres fans so I passed it on to a sales rep, and, and they went and closed the deal. And he said, I'd love to have you guys buy for lunch. And Benny, I, Benny and I went in yesterday, and we sat down. He goes, here's our menu. This is what I recommend, but just let me let me bring you some stuff. And we said, okay. And you, the dude started rolling out, and he brought a little guac out. And we, oh, it was great, like fresh, delicious. Everything was super fresh and, and, and 
tasty. And then the tacos started coming. He's like, try this one. Now have a bite of this one. It was it was like a food orgy. Ben and I sitting there. We were kind of like Lady and the Tramp almost, sharing tacos right next to each other. I'm the Tramp, and you're the Lady. Fine. And we were crushing these things. Uh, now, let's see. Uh, my, I love the Cochinita Pibil. Yep. was fantastic. Incredible. Uh, we had the Surf and Turf. Yep, Surf and Turf. It was we really the, good. The California burrito that they do that's ungodly. Which, if you, like, if you like burritos, it was one of the better versions of a California burrito oh, I've had. I told my missus this morning. I like a I, I like a fish taco from time to time, but sometimes you get it and you're like, ah, you know, it's kind of thick and breaded. It was the most fresh fish I've ever bitten into. It was incredible. Um, it's right over there in Sorrento Valley. It's kind of in a in a in a, a business park place. I'm telling you, if, if you got to go five minutes out of your way for it, it's ridiculously worth it. I felt like. <laughs> I felt like Anthony Bourdain in there yesterday yeah, with mean, you, like and it's just the sampling craft taco, So they had a couple of kicked oh. up. They had the the pokey uh, taco, and they had the uh, Korean bulgogi oh uh, beef god. marinated taco. Oh I my mean, god! And we tried them all. They so were fantastic. So this is a thing that my dad used to do when I was young. My dad would come home from work, and my mom would say, Are you, "Do you want something for dinner?" And he'd go, "No, I had a big lunch." And I always thought in my mind, "That's a myth. No one has a big enough lunch that you can't eat dinner. No one." That was it's, six hours it's ago. It's never you can happened. Eat again. You can eat again. We went in at 12.30. Yep. I had no dinner. I could. I was like, I'm absolutely stuffed and so satiated that everything else is going to be, you know, second tier compared to what we had yesterday. So if you get uh, get a chance to go over there and get some some lunch or dinner, they're open on the weekends, too, till 8, 9 o'clock. Check them out. Craft uh, Taco. They are unbelievable. Um, coming up on the show today, uh, Sammy Levitt continues to do outstanding work out at spring training. And in the last 24 hours or so, he dropped two interviews with, uh, well, now the right side of the San Diego Padres infield, Jake Cronenworth and new second baseman Xander Bogarts. Get some of their thoughts on the offseason, the position change for Xander, how it's going the first few days. So uh, we're going to bring you some of that audio starting with Jake coming up in our next segment. Also, um, you know, reading about just kind of the latest on A.J. Preller and where the roster stands. You keep hearing the hints like, hey, we're not not done yet. Be very surprised if there wasn't a move. Where, When are the moves coming? What is the move going to be? And I think there was a bit of a hint dropped yesterday. I've got a theory now as, a to, uh, theory. as to what the Padres' plan here is for the next three or four weeks before they start the actual season and when an addition might actually happen at this point. So we can now, talk, talk about that coming up. Sometimes when you float a theory, I think sometimes it's um, it's wishful thinking. And then sometimes, like your Roki Sasaki theory, I love that theory. Craig, even Craig uh, has subscribed to that theory. I love the Roki Sasaki theory that they are going to make a, a full run for him uh, next offseason, the international bonus money and all that. And I think we're in, in a good position to, to land a guy like that. I love that theory. I'm 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 subscribing to that theory like it's my religion. Sometimes you float a theory and it I'm like, oh, it's a complete crap. This one though, I'm also bought in on it. And when you explained it to me this morning, I, I said that makes a lot of sense to me. So we will uh, we'll discuss that coming up as the Padres get ready for their first game. Twelve ten today here on ninety seven three the fan with Jesse <laughs> and Tony. We know that uh, Jake. Uh, let's see, uh, Joe's going to pitch one inning. Yeah, and then surprise if uh, Jake goes, it's not probably not going to be probably Jake. not going to be him. Not going to the position player in the first game. They get a lot of bullpen guys they want to get in. That's one of the reasons Mike Schilt said yesterday that uh, Michael King is not pitching today. He threw a live BP session instead yesterday. 
simply because they have so many bullpen guys they want to get some work as well that they decided to keep uh, Michael King on his regular schedule and just have him throw yesterday. But we'll see Joe out there today against the L.A. Dodgers, and you can hear it right here on 97.3 The Fan coming up at 1210. Uh, it's a throwback Thursday, so in our 7 o'clock segment, we'll play a little real or fake, try to qualify someone for the trip to Las Vegas, and you don't need to uh, even beat Woods in musical trivia today. We'll have our real or fake. It's actually Padres theme today in honor of the first game of the spring so that's coming up at 7 10 don't do this at 7 20 at 7 35 our pal bryce miller from the union tribune went out to spring training where he sat down and got a little more information from the former manager of the san diego padres bob melvin now manager of the san francisco giants on how his exit kind of played out some new comments some i think introspection from bob that Bryce was able to elicit uh, the old "I wasn't, uh, I wasn't completely blameless in this situation." Yeah. Yeah, in hindsight, uh, from Bob Melvin, that I, I like. You know, yeah, AJ Preller may be difficult to work with. No one's necessarily disputing that, but Bob was also. I could have handled myself quite a bit better last season. I may not have pushed uh, the right buttons for that team. I may have waited too long to hit the hit the proverbial panic button because I thought everything was going to be fine. So some interesting comments, and Bryce can share a little bit more on his conversation with Bob Melvin that he had uh, earlier this week out in Phoenix. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to talk to Bryce. I love Bryce, and uh, Bryce does a great job. It was a great article yesterday, so we'll get into that, certainly. Uh, yeah, man, I'm just, I just feel so good because baseball is back, and I know that it's a, a spring training game, but it, just to see the guys out on the field, and now – you know, now you you make sure that everybody gets through it healthy and gets all their work in. And I'm I'm really really excited to get out there next week too. I'm kind of chomping at the bit for that. This is the longest I think we've ever waited to get out there. So uh, we're kind of a wreck. I'm a wreck in here. I'm I'm very excited. Second half of the show, Tier One Tour continues. We'll take a look at the Chicago Cubs as we flip back to the National League, getting to the Central. That means we're working our way across the country. And then Sammy will join us a little bit later after Bob uh, or after Bryce. Bryce oh Miller, God. Bob Melvin, oh Mike Schilt is oh the name of the new God. Padres manager after he speaks today. So we'll get the update on what's going on this morning at Padres Spring Training. So that's at 9 o'clock. Uh, until then, though, it is me, it is Woods, it is Adam Klug. We'll come back. I can forget the name of the Padres manager once or twice, right? He's, he's got, we got to get him under control, man. He's losing it already. We'll hear from uh, Jake Cronenworth, though, his conversation with Sam Levitt, uh, some of the audio from uh, a very introspective and Open chat between the two yesterday. Coming up next with Ben Woods on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. 
Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Uh, before we get to uh, Sammy's interview with Jake Cronenworth, let me just throw my my new theory out. Love this theory. Padres theories from Ben Higgins this morning on 97.3 The Fan. And this comes from uh, Kevin Acey did a piece on the open jobs going into Cactus League play, the outfield spots, the pitching rotation spots that are going the to be inch. up for grabs. And the talk that uh, we've heard a number of times, both from inside the Padres organization and from insiders, that... There are still likely moves coming. Trade talks are ongoing. Free agent discussions remain active between the Padres and some of the the myriad players who are still out there. And there's a lot of players who are still out there right now. I mean, it almost goes to, it stands to reason with the number of major league players who remain free agents. Beyond just the Boris Four, there's a good... 15 to 25 guys that remain unsigned yeah. who are legitimate major leaguers. Maybe not impact get, players. I'll, I'll give but me some. Give me, give me some of the list of the guys who are still unsigned free agents here, not just at the start of spring training, but the start of actual games in spring training that have not joined a team yet. You keep keep vamping, All right, and I'll, so, I'll pull it up. But with, the, with that number of players out there. Now, a lot of teams are still in the market for some free agents, but not every team is still shopping actively for players. So you got 29 other teams. These guys will all land somewhere before the start of the season. None of them wants to just be jobless for the year. At some point, they're going to have to go, I guess this is the best offer I'm going to get, and they're going to take a job, or they're going to sit out the season, which I don't see That's these not- guys. I mean, they're baseball players. It's better to make money playing baseball than it is to simply yeah. sit around and do nothing all year. Build a new addition onto your home right. if so, you're Jordan. So Montgomery. they will sign. There are only limited number of teams that are interested. The Padres almost by default will land someone yeah. that needs a job at some point. But uh, beyond that, AJ Preller had a quote in the piece in the UT this morning, and he said, I don't, "I don't think it's about getting to a number like a roster number of guys that we need to sign." I think we have some guys in camp that we really like. We've heard this refrain many times and that we're going to see how they play out and how they fit the team. And then we'll keep looking to see what else is out there to add to the team for sure. But it's not like, hey, we need one more bat. We're going to play nine. I think that's going to happen. It's going to be some opportunity for younger players and some guys getting some chances. So when I when I hear that, and it's not that different from what we've heard from A.J. Preller before, kind of started in my mind going, he wants to know what he's got before he makes his decision. Like you're playing Texas Hold'em at Seven Mile Casino. You look at your hand and then, you know, you try to build on your strength. Hey, I've got an ace and a king. Maybe I'll draw some more good cards. If you don't have a good hand, you have to sign more cards. If nothing pans out this spring, if Jackson Merrill doesn't look like he's ready, Jacob Marcy doesn't look like he's ready, then he's going to have to go out and sign outfielders. But if you know, one or both of those guys go out and earn jobs, it doesn't make a lot of sense to go sign an outfielder right now who you're not going to need. Conversely, if the pitching staff 
looks like no, no one's stepping up or there's an injury or two, he may want to devote those resources in a couple of weeks to add to the pitching staff rather than the outfield. He's trying to target what his biggest need is, and he doesn't know what it is at this point. That's a good point. I mean, I think that's a fair a fair assumption uh, right now. And, and, you know, again, like I think the thing that, that makes a, uh, Padre fans a little bit nervous is because uh, you just said it. And, look, I mean, is that a complete fallacy to say – no, we're going to see how Marcy and Merrill do, and if they do well, they're on the team. Like, that's that doesn't – I don't know that, that you can say, oh, yeah, that this makes sense. Neither of those guys really – I mean, I, Merrill maybe, but certainly not Marcy – have been projected as knocking down the door at, of the big leagues right now. Merrill's played in double-A, you know, some games. Marcy has not, I don't think. So, he, he fall league MVP, we know all that. But – does that give you a, a great sense of calm? Like, oh, they they made the team, no, so they're I, on it. I mean, there's still plenty to worry about. You know, uh, you could lose guys that you're interested in if you don't act too, you know, That's, quickly enough. One guy came off the uh, the market last night in Hyunjin Ru. He signed with a uh, team in the KBO for eight years and twelve billion won. It's good money. It is twelve billion won. It's the equivalent of how much? I don't know okay. the exchange rate currently. But I did see the uh, the signing, which means that's one less pitcher that's available if A.J. Preller needs pitching help. So, so there, But I think your point is, if if Jackson Merrill makes the team, he needs to play. Correct. He needs to play. So it doesn't make a lot of sense to go out and sign a, an $8 million outfielder right now if you're going to be giving those reps to Jackson Merrill in the outfield. But if Jackson Merrill doesn't make the team, you may want to invest more in your outfield than you were planning on doing so perhaps here on February 22nd. Uh, and conversely, the same thing with the pitching. If, uh, you know, if, if Brito and Vasquez, you know, both look great or Iriarte steps up and takes one of those rotation spots, it doesn't make a lot of sense to go out and sign a pitcher who's not even going to make your starting rotation because you've already filled it. You should devote and put that money toward the lineup, toward the outfield, maybe signing a designated hitter. But if you need pitching, you may have to go on the cheap on the outfield and put more money toward a pitcher at and, that point. And I guess at this point, if you're not in love with – if you're not absolutely in love with Michael A. Taylor or Adam Duvall or C.J. Crone or Tim and Anderson – And why would you be? Or, or Michael Lorenzen or Mike Clevenger, uh, guys of that, that ilk. If you're not absolutely in love with them and think – no, man, like, and Brandon, there's some, though, that just make too much sense. Like, Brandon Belt makes way too much sense. He he actually had a pretty good year last year. Um, I don't think he's going to cost a ton of money. You'd hate to get to that point and be like, man, we still need a DH, and Brandon Belt's gone. Somebody like that. Eddie Rosario's another one. We've, we've talked about these ad nauseum. J.D. Martinez, still unsigned as well. Um, obviously, but are any one of those guys... Can you say for sure? I want that guy over the other two. Or if honestly, if, dude, if one of them's available in three weeks and still unsigned, you're okay with any one of those three. You're being I, added to the team and I'm, being a DH. I know he's right-handed, but he is a pure hitter, and it's JD Martinez. He is a pure hitter and a DH. You don't ever have to worry about. Now the problem is, what if you need to get Manny off his feet, or what if you need to get uh, Xander off his feet? Whatever. So JD Martinez, Martinez is going to sit. I'm sure he could play some first base in a pinch if he had to. Um, but, yeah, you, you figure it out. He's a pure hitter. He's a good hitter. I know he's right-handed. I don't think he's going to cost a ton of money. 
you know, I'm reading anywhere between seven and eight, nine, ten million bucks. It's a one year deal. It's a stopgap. But if you did that today, who does it's not taking playing time away from anybody. But if you did that today and then you found out, oh, we need another starting pitcher, you may not be able to afford it and, you know, follow through on your plan to get under the luxury tax and everything else. What if what if you need what if you ended up needing both? Well, that's (laughs) that's the that's the worrisome scenario. There's the rub. And and I think AJ's hoping that at least a few guys step up in spring training where he doesn't feel like everything is still a hole in a couple of weeks that needs to be filled. He's yeah. he's really counting on some of those spots being filled internally, and then he's going to go out and use whatever remaining money he has <laughs> or trade to fill those other spots that he felt like, nah, I don't think anyone really stepped up this spring. I need to go outside the organization and find someone else. So yeah, that's and, my... and, and again, like I said, if you're not, in, if you're not madly in love with a, a guy that's out there right now, so I, I I feel like I feel like the waiting game is fine. It's not exactly what we want. It's not exactly what you know the fans want. We're a little bit more uh, on edge about it. Um, Brandon did say in the chat too. He, I was watching the exact same special he was watching last night on MLB, MLB Network. Dan Plesac, those guys talking about the Padres. Everyone on that panel was basically like, I think they're going to be fine. I think they're going to be better this year. Um, I think the expectations are off. They're all kind of buying into that that as well. So we'll see, man. I, I know that's exactly what A.J. Preller wants to hear. All right, we got a couple of clips from uh, Jake Cronenworth's conversation with Sam Levitt. We'll get to those right after a check of traffic here on 97.3 The Fan. Said it before, I'll stand by it. There's no more pivotal player to the San Diego Padres this year than Jake Cronenworth. They need him to bounce back, not simply for his, uh, his general production, but the fact that he is the left-handed option right now, and the Padres are very vulnerable. If Jake doesn't have a... A decent offensive season. They're they're right-handed and they're less deep than you know they really need to be in the lineup. So yep. Jake is a key player. Uh, Sammy knows this, so he he went and found Jake, who's always generous with his time uh, with us and with the station. They were standing right outside the Padres clubhouse there by the uh, the pitching mounds, the batting cages, and a little bit of conversation with Jake Cronenworth and our own Sam Levitt. How do you like San Diego just as a whole? I mean, it I, seems like you love it. Yeah, I love San Diego. I mean, you know, getting traded over in 20 and obviously didn't really know what to expect. A little older older of a player and, you know, uh, you know, outside of the baseball part, just the city, what it has, what it provides, the food, the culture, um, the fans at the stadium, like, I don't think there's a better place to play in baseball. It would seem to me, I mean, it feels like we don't talk about it a lot because there's focus on the play on the field. There's focus on money, the contracts, all of it. But being in a place you really like and as pretty and wonderful as San Diego is, like day to day, that could make a really big difference. Man, I think it's a great way to put it. I, like I said, man, there's, I don't think there's a better place from the city of San Diego, the weather, the beach, the ocean. Um, you know, the military's there. You got all this yeah. stuff going on. The stadium's right downtown. The fans, you know, everything involved just makes it such an attractive place. And, and when you're there and you really get to enjoy it, you know, it's, it's one of a kind. Going off how you, about, how you feel about the city and the fans, meaning to you personally, if, if it's this year, if it's at some point during this contract, this group was able to bring that championship to that city. Yeah, I mean, you can see I'm getting chills right now. Um, you know, obviously that's the main goal for all of us. And, you know, we're the only team in town. I know we got some other sports teams as well, but, you know, we're, you know, 
I feel like the city kind of, you know, ebbs and flows with us. And, you know, I don't think a lot of players realize that, but, you know, to kind of feel that from the fan base, like they're living it yeah. as much as we are. And to hopefully bring that first championship to a city, especially a city like San Diego that's so close, um, man, that day's going to be special. So what I learned in that two minutes is something I already knew. Is Jake gets it. He gets it. it he didn't give any uh, revealing answers in terms of strategy or anything like that. But at the very least, Jake understands the relationship between the Padres the fans, and the city of San Diego and why it's important to be here. And quite frankly, Woods, not every ball player understands that. No, I mean, we talked about one yesterday that I'm, I'm, you know, I don't, I don't want to rail on the guy, but my God, I saw yesterday the, uh, the, some accolades pouring in for Eric Cosmer. He, he announced his new podcast. Uh, we played a little clip of it uh, yesterday. And then I'm seeing, even this morning, Bob Kendrick, who I absolutely adore he's the he runs the uh, the negro league museum in kansas city we've had him on the air before i mean the accolades pouring in from kansas city about eric Cosmer and what he did for the community and the fans and he brought them a ring and, and two world series uh, appearances been through the roof not a word in, in in san diego really not a word the Padres didn't tweet anything out you know it just the most fans were like all right bro you know, be be gone at this point. Um, it, the legacy of these guys is important, and I think it's important to Jake Cronenworth. And I know, you know, it's funny. Like I've I've been trying to think of a delicate way to ask him the question of: You went from the literal hero of San Diego, the Dragon Slayer of San Diego. In you know, six months later, everyone's calling for you to be traded and saying your contracts. Like, how does that feel? But I, I don't want to point blank ask him that. Maybe I will. Well, uh, Sammy kind of gets into it a little bit. That, uh, you know, it doesn't matter how much you get it and how much you love San Diego. You got to produce you, if you can't produce on the field. So they got into a little bit more of the the baseball aspect of Jake's upcoming season as well. Obviously, last season you described it earlier this spring, not exactly what you wanted, and it was an interesting year for you. You signed the new contract, had the season. You also moved over to first base. When you look back on it now, you've had some time to reflect, I'm sure. How do you sum up last year? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, there's some disappointment in there, um, but also a learning experience. You know, this, this game's not easy, and, you know, anytime you can learn, you know, obviously you don't want to learn through the hard parts, right. but, uh, you know, that's part of it. And, you know, like I said, going into the offseason, you know, after coming off the wrist injury, but, you know, that last month and a half, two months really turned it around and kind of started playing the way I could play and uh, just learning and trying to grow as a player and um, a leader on the team and, you know, coming to spring training with the mindset and a goal in mind. First time we heard from you this spring, you used the word vulnerable, mm-hmm. which I thought was a, a really interesting word. Can you dive into to that mindset you took into the offseason of being quote-unquote vulnerable? Yeah, um, you know, it's you want to put yourself in a situation to learn, um, and sometimes you need to take your guard down and, you know, leave your ego at the door and, and go and, you know, just try to take in as much knowledge about yourself and about what other players do really well and try to apply it to yourself and, and you know, kind of that word, be vulnerable in those situations right. and, you know, have the ability to learn and grow and get better my same philosophy for this year. Remember my philosophy? Do you remember what I said when we came back? Be vulnerable. No. What did I want to be this year? Do you remember? You wanted to be learning. A vessel for learning. Learning. I don't know everything. I don't know anything. I want to learn as much as I can about myself, about this business, baseball. 
I mean, that's that's really a, a really good mindset. Now, again, still got to put bat to ball in in the situations we need you to do it. Still need to pick the balls at first base. You still need to, you know, swipe bags and and drive in runs and all the things that they pay you to do. But you're you know he's off on the right right foot at least. I mean, the argument you make if you want to be an optimist is Jake Cronenworth actually was playing good baseball at the end of his season, which was what kind of mid August when he took the pitch off the wrist and that was it for him. But the previous like month, month and a half or so, he was putting up more than adequate numbers that would have been terrific over the course of a season. And the question is, did he figure something out? Was there something that you know he can tangibly take from last season into this year? Or is he going back to kind of square one and starting over and trying to figure it out again this year? We'll start finding out maybe later today. Yeah, I don't know if he's today. in the lineup, but we'll start finding out what Jake we're going to get here in 2024 and what he was able to carry over and what he was able to leave behind is, yeah. is sometimes just as important That's as what it. you're able to carry over probably from the previous way, season. Probably way more important is, is leaving that stuff at the door and everyone's got a clean slate now. He'll also be working with a, uh, a new other half of the right side of the infield this year in Xander Bogarts. Coming up uh, later in our 835 segment, we'll hear from Sammy's interview with Xander yesterday and a couple of clips uh, just doing incredible content every single day for us out there at Padre Spring Training. You've got to be following on all the social channels and at 97.3 The Fan SD on our X account, our Instagram, YouTube. It's all there uh, for your perusal. All right, we'll come back. Uh, Padres did AJ, one of those AJ moves yesterday. Plus, we'll play a little real or fake chance to qualify for Las Vegas. Coming up next here on Ben Woods on The Fan. As we turn the corner into the new year, a lot of people are looking to get healthier. That includes Hero Bread, who have just launched their new recipe using heart-healthy olive oil. Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. All with no compromise on the taste, texture, and bready goodness you expect from your favorites. Now they're listening to their fans and updating their recipe with olive oil, an antioxidant-rich oil that's been shown to reduce cholesterol and minimize the risk of heart disease. Try it today with code HERO10 for 10% off your purchase at HERO.CO. That's code H-E-R-O-10 for 10% off at Hero.co. Tacovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. But they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity. And I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tacovas. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade. Handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico? And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tacovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tacovas.com, that's T E C O V A S.com, and point your toes west. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. 
Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. How you doing over there, Kluger? Doing fantastic. It's a lot. We got uh, Ben and Woods here, and Adam Klug is filling in for Paulie Rindel. Do you have a newfound respect for Paulie Rindel and what he's able to to do throughout the show? Wait, boss answer. I always respect I, uh, the yeah. work that Paul did. I was right. about to say no because I know how much he does. <laughs> and uh, and oftentimes you'll be texting him in the middle of the show for other things, which is crazy. Now you see all the things that he has to do, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Clip this segment for a promo, Adam. Yeah, clip this right now. I want we'll that. Just put that. Save in. that, please. Just wear them out. I already out. sent an air check to an sales Did, Look at you. All right. Okay. 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 All right. So uh, AJ made a very AJ move yesterday. And this was not a surprise. If you've been paying attention, saw this one coming. Uh, Padres spent most of their international bonus money last month on Leo de Vries, the shortstop. Uh, but they had also talked about signing this 17-year-old pitcher out of Mexico, supposedly the top teenage arm in all of Mexico, affiliated with the Rojos Diablos, the Red Devils of Mexico City, who, of course, the Padres have a very close relationship uh, due to the ownership, people uh, you know, sharing ownership uh, of that team and the San Diego Padres. But because they spent so much money on DeVries, they didn't really have the money left over to sign Umberto Cruz. So in the last uh, you know week or so, AJ dealt a couple of very young, low-level prospects <laughs> for other teams' bonus money. Wheeling and dealing, buddy. $750,000 of bonus money, which was then committed yesterday to Umberto Cruz to make that signing official. So uh, now the, the Padres class, which also has, um, you can sign other players for under $10,000. They don't count against it, but... The big names of this class will be Leo DeVries and Umberto Cruz. One position player, one pitcher. You know, Neither likely to see the major leagues for several years. Uh, if everything goes well, that would be the best-case scenario. But uh, got their two targets, landed their two targets Good. in the international market. I would imagine at this point Padres are going to be pretty quiet. It's just going to be the lower-level signings. But they did get the two guys they were looking Good. for in the international market. Always nice to get your uh, hit your target. Yeah, you know? uh, fastball 90 to 94, which, of course, is not... Anything to uh, you know, write home about he's in Major League Baseball, though. but he said, remember, 17. 17 years old. Throws yeah. a lot of strikes is uh, what I read as well, you know, pounds his own. So, yeah, I mean, 17 years old, throwing 90 to 94. Uh, yeah, you can, you, can, you can add a couple of ticks on that in a few years. That's got to be the hardest part of the job. And, and A.J. gets a, a lot of praise for his, his talent evaluation. But it's hard enough to evaluate guys who, like, played in the Major Leagues last year. And faced major league talent. Really? Like, really hard. All right. Can Matt Carpenter do it again this year? And right. you've got to make those decisions. Can Nelson Cruz have one more good year? Those weren't <laughs> particularly good decisions by AJ. That should be easy, at least, you know, compared to this. When you're talking about scouting 16 and 17 year olds, you're not just looking at, well, I looked at that guy and he knows what he's doing. You have to imagine what they're. Body type is going to be, you know, how much is was he a young? Did he grow young and he's already pretty much at his full, you know, size, or is he still going to spring up and this guy's got two or three more inches and he's going to add a lot of muscle? You've got to be able to project that. 
the skills that you think they're going to add. I mean, yeah, he doesn't hit a lot of power now, but I think when he's 21, guy could be a 25-30 home run hitter. It's all kind of projections and dreams and imagining. Is this guy going to end up throwing 97-98, or is he going to top out at 95? That's a pretty big difference when it comes to Major League Baseball, and you've got to to kind of imagine on it and, uh, you know, hopefully be right more than you're wrong in some of these evaluations. Yeah, and, you know, listen, when it comes to the international bonus money, you know, A.J. did a good job years ago in collecting a lot of the guys that they wanted, the Morajones, the Michelle Baez. I was just actually reading something on Michelle Baez. It's a bummer that he didn't didn't hit for the San Diego Padres. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was lauded across baseball as almost one of those can't-miss guys. But we know it very well here in San Diego. Um, it's really a numbers game, right, Benny? Like, try to collect as many of those guys as you can for for as cheaply as you can, I guess, in, in, with your international bonus pool money. And then... Hope that one of them gets there. Morahone is going to get another look this year. I haven't heard much about him out at camp this year. We'll take a look at him next week when we're out there. But, you know, five years going to spring training, we've seen him out there every year. And every year the, the gloves popping. So uh, at, at some point, one of these guys needs to hit. And you just you keep your nose down and keep collecting these dudes as much as you can. But, um, yeah, I mean, like Baez is one of those that no one thought he wouldn't make it. And make it big in in the big leagues. He was consensus across the board, one of the best prospects. Need a contestant for real or fake? This is your chance to uh, qualify for a trip to Las Vegas, concert tickets to Air Supply. Call us right now. The phone lines are open, 833-288-0973. Get in now. Uh, We'll play our game here in a couple of minutes. 833-288-0973. Stand by. Real or fake on the way here on a throwback Thursday. Of course, we're... Now less than five hours away uh, from the first game of the Cactus League schedule is the Padres and the Dodgers. 12-10 first pitch, 12 o'clock coverage here on 97.3. The fan Jesse Agler, Tony Gwynn Jr., who I understand is en route to the Peoria Sports Complex. He is living a little dangerously. I think so. For my, I, wanna... I think so. Now, I understand why he had uh, oh, me one, too. one of his daughter's games he wanted to stick around for. He's going to be gone for a month, so you want to maximize the time with family, but... He is now making that uh, somewhat dicey drive from San Diego to Peoria to step right into the broadcast booth. I, I am so ner- I'm so nervous for him. I'm so nervous for him. See, now the luxury for Tony is he knows enough about the Padres. He can walk right in. Jesse's done a ton of prep. He's going to be absolutely fine. Even if he arrives one minute before the broadcast, Tony will be just fine. It's not going to uh, affect his work performance, the quality of the broadcast at all. He might be hungry if he didn't have time to stop for like a, a lunch or something. But, you know, he will he will be fine on the broadcast today. So we're going to talk to him what time? Eight? Eight o'clock. Eight yeah, o'clock. He's we'll going to join us. Him. We just found out he's going to check in, I guess, from the road uh, on his way to Peoria. So we'll get the uh, the first... Here for the first Padres broadcaster of the season here this morning. Holy on smokes. I'm telling you, that's the first thing I'm going to ask him. Like, are you, are you out of your mind? You're, you like... I'm I'm two hours early to everywhere I go, and I end up sitting in the car and just waiting. But he's really pushing the envelope here. I'm very nervous. For I mean, don't him. get a ticket. Like he don't gets get a ticket. Over. Don't get a flat tire. He may not make oh, it. Oh my god! Don't run out of gas. Don't run out of gas. Probably don't have time for the Dateland shake. Yeah, on the way. Can't stop at the center of the universe. No, and take like a little Woods walk and around. Paul like to do yeah. Calexico. T- no. No detour for Calexico Badia tacos like, like Sammy. He's got to do the old straight through. Oh, my Lord. And, and make it there. Now, um, Degenerate Gambler co-host over here, did you find somewhere where you could bet on bet on today's game? Yeah, I took the uh, Padres, even money. Mm-hmm. 
You're not getting any uh, odds or anything. Even money. Who's uh, going for the Dodgers? We know Joe has got an inning in him for the Padres, apparently. Gavin Stone. One Gavin of their, uh, Stone. One of their, he, he's been in the bigs. And uh, they're not bringing Shohei Otani, not bringing Yoshinobu Yamamoto to Peoria today. I don't know how many regulars. Usually you're supposed to bring four regulars. Is that right? That's the rule? The That's kind of the unofficial official rule of spring training. You've got to bring four regulars with you, but... Um, yeah, the uh, the Dodgers will, uh, I'm sure, travel. Uh, everyone's excited for that first game, though. So, uh, Otani said yes. he wants to get about 50 abs okay. in spring training, but that includes like <coughs> live BP sessions, and he's already had a few of them. So, you're not going to see a ton, I'd imagine, of Shohei Otani in any spring games, and they'll probably save him mostly for the home games. For you know, the Dodgers fans they are not going to take him across to Mesa or you know Scottsdale. When they don't have to, he'll be he'll be I, at home most of the time. I mean, with an investment like that, it just it's got to be nerve wracking. Just any time, any you know, yeah, he's coming, coming off, off of surgery, surgery like yeah. it's just like, bro. All right, I I love that you're doing this. I love that you're hitting all these bombs, but you tap the brakes a little bit, you know. Uh, but that, you know, listen, Xavier Scruggs, who we've had on the program, uh, was just talking about how we've never really seen this, like. Uh, you know, honestly, Babe Ruth was sucking down 14 hot dogs and whiskey and Cokes and going out and hitting bombs. It was a different era. We've never really seen this in this era, so we don't really know how his body is going to respond. Um, you know, and, and it's going to be really, really interesting on how they manage him. And, and it's the Dodgers. You know, you, they probably have a really good plan in place uh, to manage Shohei Otani, but it's... It's just there's so many variables of what could happen, man. I, I, you're I, right. I wouldn't take him anywhere. I know. Now, I wonder... And we can get into it a little bit more. But he's going to be a DH, and that's it this season. Yeah. Uh, he won't play a, a second in the field. He won't pitch at all this year. Will that be t- tough getting back into the groove after being a two-way player for the last couple of seasons? Is just sitting there on the bench and being nothing but a DH going to be an adjustment for Shohei Otani again? I, I have no idea. I hope it is. Yeah, I hope it's a terrible too. one. I hope he absolutely... Grasping for straws. Yeah, here yeah grasping for straws. Fan. He's had a, he's hit a home run on every single swing he's taken at, at batting practice so far. All right, we got a contestant on the line. Let's get to a throwback Thursday Rays game of real or fake. Some are here for the compelling sports talk with Ben and Woods. Yeah, you can go plow through another donut. It's time for real or fake on 97.3 The Fan. Uh, tell the people what they'll win today. All right, uh, Mike is going to be playing for the uh, qualifying grand prize. Two nights stay at the Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino and two tickets to Air Supply. They'll be performing May 31st and June 1st at the Westgate International Theater. Tickets are on sale at Ticketmaster.com. You can check out the $70 million in room renovations at the Westgate, home of legendary Vegas fun. Mike, good morning to you. Good morning, guys. Happy USA beats Russia Day. There we go. Very nice. Well, the uh, the ice hockey anniversary. Yeah, 40 years? No. It was uh, 1980, Four. so 44 years 44 ago years, today. Man. Wow. Thank you, Mike. Uh, so you've got Woods on your team today. If you can get four out of seven right here on Real or Fake, we'll put you into the drawing for the grand prize. And in honor of game one of spring training, this is a Real or Fake only a Padres fan could really love. Even for Sam Levitt, there are more players in camp than any one person can keep track of. So today, I will give you a name. You tell me if they are a real non-roster invitee currently in Major League Camp with the San Diego Padres. Ooh, okay. Or a fake, in this case, inspired by Italian Paul yesterday, a driver who competed in last weekend's Daytona 500. Oh, I so, love this. real Padre or fake NASCAR driver. Mike, are you ready to play? 
Ready. All right. Round one. Real or fake Padre in camp? JV and Sandridge. Real or fake, Mike? And you can ask Woods for help if you uh, if you need it. I wouldn't. <laughs> I defer to you. Oh, God's <laughs> sakes. JV and uh, Sandridge. Guy sounds like a baseball player. I'm going to say he's a NASCAR driver. Mike, real fake. or fake? He says fake. What do you sounds say? Like a driver. Sounds like a driver to me, too. Let's go. Yeah, that's why I picked him. He's a real baseball <laughs> player, left-handed pitcher in camp with the San Diego Pirates. All right, we're fine. We got it's all right. That's just one round. Just one. All right, let's go to round number two. Nate Mondu. Nate Mondu. Real or fake Padre in camp? You're all on the major league non-roster in right. T list or actual drivers in the Daytona 500. I think he's real. I think he's real. What do you think, Woods? I'm going to just roll with the whatever real, you yeah. say. Mike, yeah. you say real? That yeah. is correct. Infielder in camp with the San Diego Padres. Great hands. Nate you Mondu. like Nate Mondu? Loves yeah. guy. He's got great hands. All right, let's go. Round number three. Anthony Alfredo. Anthony Alfredo. Real or fake? Oh. Padre, Mike? Uh, I think he's a NASCAR guy. I'm going to roll with you, Mike. He is nice. a NASCAR driver. That right, is too two correct. You were halfway home as we head into round number four. I guess one sounds pretty easy. Matt Festa. Matt Festa. Real or fake Padre? Mike? Matt Festa. I think he's a, I think he's a real pitcher. Real pitcher? He says real. Adam? Correct. Wow. Right-handed pitcher in camp with the San Diego Padres. Red hot. All right. Uh, let's go with Chandler Siegel. Chandler Siegel, real or fake Padre? Mike, this would be for the win. Chandler Siegel. Uh, I'm going to say real. You're going to say real, and you would be absolutely boy, correct. Kid. Chandler Siegel is the guy who's uh, behind Kyle Hanashioka, behind Brett Sullivan, and behind uh, Kevin Ploiecki. Oh, Ploiecki. And Camposano. And Cam- but he's like the fifth catcher in camp for the San Diego Padres, which means... You have qualified. Stay on the line. Adam will get your information in about 42 minutes when he's done doing everything else. So just be patient. We'll get all your information into the drawing for the trip to Las Vegas. Uh, last couple here for you, Woodsy. Uh, Kaz Grala. Kaz Grala is a Padre. Is a NASCAR driver. <laughs> and Nolan Watson. Oh, Padre. Padre. Are you sure? Yeah. Yeah. Right-handed pitcher. You got that one right. All right. Good job, Mike. We got a winner today on Real or Fake. Don't do this is coming up next. I'm going to call out our own profession for overblowing certain stories that don't need to be stories at all. Like Eric Hosmer's podcast. Well, that's the, I guess that would Fair. be an example. Uh, I've got a different example for okay. you. But uh, we'll get to Don't Do This coming up next with Ben Woods after a check of traffic here on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Don't do this. I got a little surprise for you, don't, don't do this. Listen, if I've said something, something bad, I mean, tell me I'm a bad boy. You know, just tell me I'm a bad boy. Why? Just why? I get the argument. You don't have to explain it to me. I'm not a moron. Let me tell you why I am a dumbass. It's time for Don't Do This. Don't do this. On 97.3 The Fan. I, I can officially say Don't Do This not going to Kraft Taco. No, do my God. Do do this. Do do this. Go there. Go to Kraft Taco in Sorrento Valley. We went there yesterday. Fantastic. Kraft Taco, some of the best quality tacos in all of San Diego. Go to the Kraft Take a look at their happy hour specials today. The Kraft Taco 
com. I have no idea what I'm going to order next time because I want everything again. Yeah, one of each. And we had one of each yesterday. Literally. Like one of each. All right, I am going to call out our industry, sports media. I feel like Adam's part of the problem here as well. A huge part of the problem. Massive, we have massive part of the problem. Yeah. Uh, huge. And, and it's not your fault. You have a radio station that's on 24 hours a day. You have local program. What do we have? 13, 14 hours of local programming every day now? 13 hours. Now, 13 hours. With, pod, with Padres back, it's going to be even more. Yeah. Uh, it'll be maybe 18, 19 hours of local programming every single day. Plus, might I add two hours on the weekends with the Brady That's the right. Show. So uh, you're constantly filling time, which means we have a tendency in this business to make mountains out of molehills. Or, in fact, they're not even molehills at all. They're nothing. We blow up stories that have no business being stories. And I actually saw two of them yesterday. The first one, and I saw this story like on Sports Center with Scott Van Pelt. Charlie Woods is attempting to qualify to play in next week's PGA Tour event in Florida. Would be the first PGA Tour event of the 15-year-old's young career. <laughs> All right, but the real story here. And, you know, they're talking about he's following in his father's <laughs> footsteps, blah, blah, blah. This is a huge moment. It's not. Anyone can play in a pre-qualifier. Bo you Woods got, could play you in got a pre-qualifier. handicap. You got 250 bucks. You can go tee it up yeah. in a pre-qualifier, which is, by the way, really hard to get through. There's a lot of good players. Only the top four advance to then the Monday qualifier, which only the top four of that advance to the tournament. There's no way he's going to make it. It's good experience for him. Tiger can, I'm sure, afford the $250 entry fee for his son to get a little competition. There's no reason not to do it. But it's not a story that is Charlie not, Woods is playing in this tournament. Is it not, though? He plays in all kinds of tournaments. He plays in junior golf tournaments. He but plays this is in bigger a P- events than this. PGA qualifier. It's a pre-pre-qualifier <laughs> for a PGA Tour event. It's, that's all it is. It's, it's, it's the other nothing. thing we do in sports radio. I'm supposed to push back on you. Yes, and that's debate right. Very you good. About. Debate. Pass. It's not. It's like the number was the number one golf story in sports yesterday. It's not a big deal. Yeah. If he makes it now, that's cool. That's a huge. He gets story to play then. in the tournament. Any fifteen-year-old making it into a PGA Tour event, he's not going to make it. Yeah. It's really hard to do so. He's going to have to play like the round of his life twice in a row. Yeah. to get into a PGA Tour event. But then there's other stories like when someone unfollows their team on social media, we make a giant deal out of it. And Justin Fields was the guy who was the top NFL headline yesterday because someone noticed that on his Instagram account that he unfollowed both the Chicago Bears and the official NFL account. Trouble in paradise. Obviously, there's already been trouble and speculation that the Bears may be using uh, that number one draft pick that they got from the Carolina Panthers to take Caleb Williams. Um, However... He went on the uh, the St. Brown Brothers pro- podcast, uh, Equinemius and Amon Ra, doing their thing, just like the Kelsey brothers do. And I think he had a perfectly reasonable, perfectly reasonable explanation. He said, I just don't want my timeline filled with a bunch of football right now. 100%. It's the offseason. Everyone's speculating, obviously, about what's going to happen. And I don't need I don't need to see that every time I open Instagram. Yeah. Should they take Caleb Williams? Video, people talking about it, NFL stories, speculation. It's my off season. Just need a little break from all of it. And the way to do that is I just I just unfollowed temporarily. It's not a story. Who you follow and don't follow on social media? No, not at all. I mean, and and you know he's protecting his he's protecting his mentals basically. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And and we've had this debate and and. 
chatter on this station or on this uh, this this show a long time. I mean, I've blocked people before, and it's it's I'm not afraid of you. I just don't want to see it anymore. Like I just don't want to read it anymore. Uh, your social media, by the way, and I've said this before, your social media, Ben, is your house. That's your house. You get to decide what lunatics you want to let into your home. And if you decide, I don't want you in my house, block them. He said, it's something I don't want to see in my timeline. I'm about to go on vacation. I don't want to see no football. And guess what? The The discourse is either keep fields, we want fields, right. it's either draft Caleb Williams. I'm tired of hearing the talk. I just want it to be over. But he says, yes, of course, I want to stay. I can't see myself playing in another place. If it was up to me, I would want to stay in Chicago. I love the city. The city's lit. The fans are great. And the people. It's a business. I ain't got over control over it. Whatever happens, happens. It's a very healthy attitude it's a that good he's actually taken yeah. toward all of this. And nothing that should be the top NFL story at ESPN.com and SportsCenter and NFL Tonight and Live. But because we have so much programming to fill, 24-hour channels, television, nuts, radio, networks, national, local, we grab onto these little things like they're, like they're important or they're revealing or they're something that should be talked about when really they shouldn't be talked about. And I feel bad that sometimes even we fall, we even fall for it because we've oh, yeah. got four hours to fill every single day. 100%. And we'll fall for it once or twice. But in this case, two stories that did not need to be stories yesterday from the world of sports. And let's, D-D yeah, there we go. mega doo-doo. Uh, so what do, we, what do we say all the time? What do I say, Ben? Consequences have actions, You do right? say that. <laughs> well, listen, uh, yesterday there was a piece that dropped in The Athletic, and it was the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates' turn to be in the crosshairs. Padres have had a lot of pieces written about them over the last couple of years, and I think for good reason. Uh, talking about, and the, the, the headline alone was, why the, why the Pirates keep losing. They're comfortable being mediocre. And it goes into... That's generous. It, very. It goes into detail about <laughs> player development. It goes into detail about their owner, Bob Nutting. And it goes into detail about their uh, their drafting ability, disability. They have not been very good. With all those high picks, Benny, they've gotten some players, but um, they just haven't developed them the well as well as they wanted to. Talking about the money that they spent. So you see that come out yesterday, and you're like, oh, here they go, man. They are they are under the gun right now. Well, this morning, I guess you got to give them a little bit of credit. They did just uh, re-sign or, or extend Mitch Keller, who is an absolute stud. Uh, front of their rotation guy. And and locked him up, I think, five-year, $77 million deal for Mitch Keller, who has some of the filthiest stuff in baseball. And going to attempt... To make a run now, finally, uh, again, keeping some of these guys at home in Pittsburgh. Or the cynic will say, and in a year and a half, they will trade him yeah, away yeah, at exactly. the deadline for younger, cheaper players because they really don't have a chance to win. Uh, more breaking news in the world of baseball. Our beloved Skip Schumacher finally has a shortstop. It is uh, shortstop Tim Anderson. Miami Marlins in agreement on a one-year, $5 million contract. Can you reveal any of the private conversations you've had with Skip? He wanted to have a short. He wanted a shortstop at some point. Yeah, he did. Like most, most teams. Most managers usually want to have a shortstop on their team. And they, they didn't. So I, I and asked, now they do. I asked him about it yesterday, if they're getting them. And he said, I don't know. He said, uh, we, we made the offer. He said, he is my favorite bounce-back candidate. In the league. We'll see. And I said, I love him. And I always have. And he said, yeah, I mean, we need a shortstop. And I said, oh, well, my adult league team has a, a really good dude at short. I can't relate. So 
The Marlins had been a rumored destination destination for a certain player in the Padres. Does this take them out of the market? Uh, the player Ha-Sung you're referring Kim? to is Ha-Sung Kim. I Probably a little bit. Well, I mean, it's a one-year deal. They both have one year remaining on their, their deals right now. The Marlins, and, or uh, Tim Anderson and... Tim Anderson. bounce back kind of candidate. He hasn't been that good since 2021. Yeah. I, I guess he was an all-star in 2022, although his OPS dipped almost a, 100 points to 734 last year. 582 OPS, 60 OPS plus. Was he, how many games did he play? Was he 123. Hurt? Okay. No, no, I mean, they, they threw him out there. He had a, a home run, ah, 25 runs ah, batted home in. Run. Ah, ah, and home run? Is it? What's the article? So it's ah, it's, it's ah, home run. Ah, home run. I like TA, though, and I think uh, for $5 million bucks, no bad one-year deals. He's a good and... bounce-back candidate in that it's going to be hard to be that bad Yeah, again. 100%. I mean, high like, ceiling. Really hard to be as bad as he was last I year. I love it. Good pickup. They still got $5 million from a very cheap team. Yeah. And uh, one other baseball note, uh, Kodai Senga is expected to start the season on the injured list with the Mets. He was uh, going through some testing to see if he had arm fatigue. I'm not sure how that works. Oh, it's but. not good. He's going to start the season on the IL. Yeah, that's I, all. Yeah. I just Did you say that? that? I just oh, said that. Yes. I just was looking for that. Let's don't do do this. <laughs> I just bend you. You did bend me for okay. a Thursday. Oh, we got a starting lineup. Ah, we can reveal that. I will and tease Bryce Miller you. will join us Ooh. when we come back. Oh, look at this. With Ben Woods on San Diego's Ooh. number one sports station. Oh, my God. Fan. Let's read into all of this. Got Bryce Miller from UT standing by and talk about his conversation with one Bob Melvin, former Padres skipper, now manager of the San Francisco Giants at Spring Training Media Day. First, though, we do have a lineup for you for today's spring training opener here on 97.3 The Fan, Padres versus the Dodgers. And it will start. Are you going to do it? Oh, go ahead. You want to do it? No, go no, ahead. Go, no, no, go ahead. No, take your, no, no, no. Shall we alternate? Whatever, no, just do whatever you want to do. It's fine. I'll just sit here. I'll just wait for Bryce. Go ahead. You can react. How about you react to the lineup? All right, I'll do that. Uh, as any good lineup should, starts with a superstar. Fernando Tatis Jr. in right field. Xander Bogarts, batting second, playing second. That's interesting. It just is. Second in the order. I don't know if it's, you know, want to read too much into it, but uh, a spot where I could envision him being this season. Jake Cronenworth will bat third and play first base. Luis Camposano behind the plate, hitting cleanup. Hassan Kim is going to bat fifth and play shortstop. Uh, so not he was in on top three in the lineup a lot last year. He was, but fifth. I, you didn't see him at fifth a lot. You saw him down seventh, eighth. You saw him first, second, but fifth is different. The Jackson Merrill will start in left field and bat sixth Let's for go. the Padres. I love it. Eggy Rosario will be your third baseman and bat seventh. Cal Mitchell, the designated hitter, batting eighth. And Sugar, Jose Azokar, the center fielder, batting ninth with Joe Musgrove on the mound. So, you know, really, actually, probably a fairly representative lineup. Other than Manny, who is going to to sit. And Mike Schultz said he probably will get into a game fairly soon as a designated hitter. This is one of the better lineups you can put out right now for the San Diego Padres. <laughs> yeah. Right? Maybe, that's yeah, the, that's Until you add an outfielder. This is uh, this, this is, is this is the one. This is the one. This is the you know, one. You can say, well, maybe I'd rather see Tierso or Nellis right. or um, you know someone else other than Cal Mitchell as your DH or Matt Batten. Uh, but that's that's pretty much the lineup yeah. right now for the San Diego Padres. It's first day spring training. It's the first day. Yeah. So there's your lineup for today's game. We'll talk to Bryce Mitt, uh, Miller right after check traffic here on ninety seven three The Fan. You know, Woods and I were just joking during the break after uh, Kodai Senga is going to be put on the IL with fatigue. 
said, we both test positive for fatigue if yeah. there was such a test. 100%. But uh, I almost feel embarrassed when we bring on our next guest. I saw insurance open. He was walking the course. He's traveling. He's going to spring training. He's doing his job while he's battled his, his own health challenges recently and still doing a, a terrific job. It's good to welcome Bryce Miller back with us here on 97.3 The Fan. Bryce, good morning. How are you feeling? Uh. Good, good enough to be in that lineup. Now, Maybe outstanding. Now, that's not saying a whole hell of a lot, Bryce. To be honest <laughs> no, with you, right just, now, just just a little pepper contact guy at the bottom, you know. Yeah, no, just put the ball make, in play. Yeah, make contact. Try to drive that run in that's from it. third with less less than two outs. Certainly, that's, I I got I got to tell you, I was uh, I was yesterday when I was uh, looking at my my phone. I saw, oh man, Bryce Miller just dropped a new piece, and he sat down with Bob Melvin. That was a bit of a surprise for me. How did this uh, this come about? And were you were you surprised that Bob wa- was willing to sit down and, and chit chat for a while? Um, it, it came about because you know I wanted to just kind of do a let's put a bow on this how yeah. everything ended and and see if there was more to understand about you know because we all kind of remember there was a point when the season ended that you know everybody had admitted there you know there was some choppy water you know between AJ Preller and, and Bob Melvin and but they were going to sit down and have this kumbaya and then they came out and publicly you know, both said that it sounded like year three was going to happen and it was going to come together. And then a couple weeks later, he's, he's with the giants. And so, you know, what turned, what happened, what changed? I I just wanted to, to see if he was willing to kind of open the door a bit on that and see if there were a few more answers there. Uh, So I just texted him and, and said, tell me a day you think would work. And, so I went over to Scottsdale yesterday and uh, got with him. And was I surprised he talked? Uh, maybe in some of that detail, but but not really. I think Bob's always been, you know, at his core, he's a good person. Yeah. Um, he's a good guy. I know people are rolling their eyes hearing that because it's about baseball. It's about winning games. You know, this is professional baseball. It's not, you know, who's a good guy and who isn't. But I think it, it goes to the core of answering your question of why he was willing to talk a little bit because – you know, it's not like he called me up and said, come on over. I want to clear the air. Right. I mean, I had to kind of convince him to have that conversation. And his willingness to do it, I said, I think, says a little bit about him as a person, for sure. Bryce, did you get the sense, and, you know, the timeline being what it was, that, that this was Peter Seidler's wish. He respected the heck out of both of those men and wanted them to work yeah. together and make it work. And, yeah. you know, they, they obviously knew more than we did the health challenges that Peter was going through. And they got that kind right. of directive, like, we want, we, I want you to make this work. And I may not be around next season, but I want this to work. So they, they really did want to try to make it work. But, you know, ultimately, they realized no matter what they did, it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily ever going to be a good situation between the two of them. Yeah, I think um, I don't know how much I, I I just want to be transparent. I don't think I pushed enough to know whether Peter kind of demanded that they work together and make it work or just that his wishes were, you know, can we make this work? It would be great if we could make this work, that kind of feel to it. So I don't know. But he, he did want to try to, to make it work between those two guys. But I think one of Bob's points he made in the column, even on his mind, even though I think he wanted to be really clear that he just didn't walk away from a challenge in San Diego. He didn't quit on the Padres. He didn't, um, you know, say one thing and do another in the sense, you know, he wanted to make it clear that even even when they initially checked, the Giants asked permission, he wanted 
he wanted to stay. Um, but then that kind of sparked more conversation. I think the thing he said about, you know, I'm on a one-year contract, and if anything starts to go wrong, given what happened the season before, then that that becomes, you know, that becomes mushrooms and becomes more. And, you know, the fans don't need that. And a clean break and a reset button probably was the right answer. So I think at the end of the day, no matter what the situation was, I think everybody involved probably thought turning the page was the right answer. And I know the Padres are thrilled to have Mike Schilt. Um, and Bob Melvin, you know, he really understands the Bay Area. He's from there. He's got a lot of professional connections there. And so maybe it did work out for the best for everybody. Talking to our pal Bryce Miller here from the UT on Ben and Woods this morning. And I do wonder, Bryce, as I, I remember the day that all of us gathered and, and went to the Zoom and, and sat down. And there was A.J. Preller, but there was no Bob Melvin. And it was, well, Bob's moving and he can't be on the end of the year wrap up. And right then, obviously, red flags go up. I mean, you'd, you'd have to be crazy to think there wasn't something going on. Where do you think that Zoom meeting fell in the timeline of all of this going down? You know, to be honest, I have no idea um, because, like I said, it was confusing at the end, or, or at least externally it was confusing. Maybe internally they had a better handle on yeah. it. But it sounded like the message was, you know, this is, again, here comes year three, you know, we're, you know, because that's a really small sample size. You have a couple of seasons, and one of them is the most, given the circumstances, one of the most historic in franchise history given that they had to go to New York and play every game in New York and beat Scherzer and, and do what they did, beat the Dodgers in the playoffs to get to the NLCS. I, we obviously know about the World Series years, but you have one of the greatest seasons in franchise history, followed by probably easily, given the circumstances, one of the most disappointing seasons. So that's, you know, if that's a report card, that's a 50-50 a split in some ways. So you thought maybe maybe they will try another year, but but you're right. It was confusing at the end to try to understand what the status was, what the plan was, and uh, it, it certainly changed um, when they had that conversation. Bryce, there's a, a narrative out there that AJ Preller is difficult to work for, and you know what that that can sometimes be. There are successful people who are difficult to work for. Yeah, but, Ben Higgins, uh, Adam Klug. 100%. I don't, and, and I don't doubt it's true. Just knowing AJ the way. We know him a little yeah. bit. I, I don't doubt that that is true, that he is a tough person. He's an all-hours sort of guy, and it can probably yeah. wear on some people. But I thought it was interesting what Bob Melvin said, that even if that may be true, that he wasn't at his best. I believe he used the word... Uh, Grouchy. Crank, cranky, cranky, actually. Was yeah. it cranky? cranky. He got, got yeah. to be a little Mr. Cranky Pants at the end of the season at some point, and he took some responsibility for that. Yeah, I thought he took some responsibility in two or three spots there. I mean, it wasn't like this was you know, him, you know, him being Bob Melvin, just saying everything AJ did was wrong. You know, I was mistreated. I got kicked out the door. He admitted, I don't, you know, and it, I think it took some guts to do it that he, I asked, you know, the panic button, did, did you need to show more urgency sooner? And he goes, mate, did I push that button? Did I wait too long? Talked about, do I, do I shred things and start over wholesale after the success we had a year before? you could really see him working through the internal doubts he had as he managed on how to handle it when they weren't winning. And in the same degree, he said, you know, and I got to be honest, I, I pushed back at the end and I was cranky and I don't feel good about that in terms of his relations relationship with AJ. So I think it all made it, it made the whole thing feel more honest because he, 
you know, he was critical of himself in moments, uh, but he also tried to explain, I think, again, the most important thing that, that he wanted to stay if he could, because he didn't want the sense that he walked away from a challenge or he was going to not live up to his contractual obligations. No, I think that's fair. And listen, at the end of every relationship, it, it, there's a reason that it ended, you know, and, and people go their own ways and people have different versions to their story. I think I really do. It's one of those weird situations, at, at least as we sit right here today, Bryce, where it feels like everybody is for the better. You know, I mean, Ben and I had a conversation yesterday at lunch about because I had said last week I'm a big Bob Melvin guy. I just I love him as a person. He was a great man, very kind, uh, very thoughtful. And and I just respect him. And we had heard so many great things about him, his communication. And, you know, I, I, I we, we said maybe he just wasn't the right guy for this team, as it were. But that's also the team he took to the playoffs the year before. And, you know, and, right. and, and so it's right. just, you know, I know you and I were, were chatting a little bit online yesterday. He didn't forget how to manage in one-run games. It just didn't break wow. his way. And I just feel like right, right now everybody gets a clean slate. I wish him well, uh, but not not very well, you know, record-wise. <laughs> I wish him well in his yeah. health and things like that, in his personal yeah. life, but certainly not record-wise. You don't want to beat him every time we play him. But uh, I do feel like it's it's kind of everyone's kind of come to the top on this thing, and, and it's going to work out better for both. Yeah, I mean, there are times in life when things can be contentious and awkward and disappointing, and then it it does work out for both sides. I mean, this very well could be the case. It, it's so hard, I think, to judge Bob Melvin for last season because last season was unlike any other, uh, almost in Padres history and in, in a lot of ways and more broadly in baseball. Um uh, Mike Schilt used the phrase last year when I wrote about it, the baseball Beatles, when you had Juan Soto and then you bring in Xander Bogarts and you already had Machado and you already had Tatis. And you had that rotation, which at that point, you know, included Blake Snell and Josh as the closer. It was just so much talent and money assembled in one room that how do you manage that? I mean, you can't train for that by being successful in Oakland. Yeah. I mean, they didn't have those kind of names and stars and, and there were clearly some personality conflicts. It wasn't clear whether there was enough oxygen in the room for Manny Machado and Juan Soto. It wasn't clear, uh, you know, across the board how Xander Bogarts felt about how he fit in, into this in terms of what where his voice is among that group. And um, talking to Joe Musgrove the other day for something I wrote, it, it just feels like it's more focused on baseball. It's more normal, traditional routine. Um, and again, not to use that phrase over and over, but they get to hit the reset button. So at the end of the day, it really could work out for both teams. In reading your column, Bryce, uh, you could you could see the internal conflict of last season for Bob going. <laughs> my instinct is to not panic, to be patient, to trust that right. everything's going to play out. And then in hindsight, realizing now that I know it didn't work out, I should have done something really quickly to adjust to what wasn't going well early in the season. But I, one of the, the catchphrases that Mike Schilt has used already in spring, you've probably heard him say it, is we need to be elite adjusters. And yeah. I think that's almost in direct response to what they didn't do last season. And that was they never really adjusted to anything. You know, they always yeah. trusted that the back of the baseball card. Yep, trust the that, process. That in the long run, everything was going to work out the way it was supposed to. Let's not react to anything. And now, you know, 
I think Mike is kind of setting the, the, the mindset. Don't get spooked if we change some things as we go, yeah. because we need to be elite adjusters, and we can't always simply trust that everything's going to work out the way it's supposed to. I think that's a really smart way to approach it. I mean, you can't be so set in your ways and worried about egos and walking on eggshells. You can't make the best baseball decisions. Um, I'm not saying that's what where Bob found himself. I think he was more, I trusted what we did the year before, so I don't want to completely blow that up. Um, but looking back, hindsight, you know, he said now that it didn't work, to your point, maybe we should have done something, done something sooner. But it, the front office can look back in hindsight and say, we didn't get anything for Blake Snell and he walked. We didn't get anything for Josh Hader and he walked. We, should we have done something sooner? And then they do do something with Juan Soto. So those decisions in the moment are a lot tougher than they are when we all look back at them. But, yeah, that internal conflict, you definitely felt it. Bryce, good column. I appreciate you spending a few minutes with us. Are you still out in Arizona? Or are you back back home? No, I'm in Arizona. I'm standing outside the batting cage and looking at your your spot where you guys are, the we, 97. We will be there on Monday morning. So keep it warm it's, for it's, us. It's wide open. Outstanding. Uh, Bryce Miller, uh, Union Tribune. Thank you so much, Bryce. Thanks, brother. You got it. I would, uh, I would go so far as to venture that Bob Melvin would not have asked Xander Bogarts to change positions. Correct. That's too big. That was too big of a leap. That was too much to – he wanted to appease his stars. Oh, you don't want to bat second, we won't bat you second. You don't want to play here, we're not going to play you here. Mike Schilt has come with the attitude – yeah, we're going to change some things. We're going to do some things. We're going to ask you to do some things that maybe the previous manager did not ask you to do. And he's already started it right away with a giant move in spring training by switching Hassan Kim and Xander Bogarts. I think that sets a bit of a tone as to the different kind of ship that Mike Schilt will be running compared to the one that Bob Melvin did, which was a very player-friendly ship. No Mike, doubt about it. Mike Schilt runs a tighter... Mike Schilt. 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 Schilt runs a tighter ship. Right? That's correct. Schilt's ship. He runs a different ship. Okay. Maybe tighter, too. Yeah. I mean, Bob had a reputation of being player-friendly. Oh, yeah. And, oh, he was player-friendly. He did not He did not necessarily get them. He didn't want to get them out of their comfort zones. He thought the comfort zone was where players succeed the best, so he tried to keep them in their comfort zone. Mike Schilt doesn't seem like he's as concerned about comfort zones. He's more concerned about what's the best product we can put on the field, and we might have to ask you to do some things that are a little outside of the norm to make that happen for us. Different positions, different spots in the lineup, everything's on the table with Mike Schilt, where it felt like Bob Melvin was managing with a couple of hands tied behind his back sure. last season to try to keep his players happy and, you know, in a good headspace. Well, what did good headspace do for them last year? We didn't have a good headspace Nothing. throughout the entire season. No one did. No one did. But Winning I, puts you in a good headspace, 100%. as it turns out. Yeah, winning cures everything. Not where you bat in the order. Right. Winning is what puts you in a good headspace. Yeah, Dan says nothing against Bo Mel. I think Schilt's a better fit. I do, too. I do, too. I, I really do. It doesn't mean I'm going to... Going to trash Bob Melvin on his way out of town. He's a great man with a great reputation. And uh, like I said, wish him, wish him a lot of, of luck and, and health and happiness, but n- not at our expense, certainly. Speaking of the uh, position change coming up in the second half of Ben and Woods, we will hear some of Sammy Levitt's interview with Xander Bogarts that took place yesterday. Uh, we will also, I, I teased it and we never got to it yesterday, Jason Stark's column in The Athletic about uh, 
31 anonymous like GMs and execs polled on big questions oh, of the yeah, offseason, yeah. the winners, the losers. Padres play into it in a couple of places. Dodgers obviously get a lot of talk in it, but there were some interesting observations made under the cloak of anonymity. Tony Gwynn Jr. next, yeah? And Tony Gwynn Jr. coming That's up right. next. Yes, from the road, on the way to Peoria in the first game of the season. All coming up. You do not want to go away. Ben and Woods continuing here on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. All right, my friends, we are halfway home on a Thursday. We've got baseball today here on 97.3 The Fan. Very excited uh, about that. Paulie is out today. Adam Klug, our boss, is filling in for him, doing a great job. Good job. Uh, ben Higgins, your friendly neighborhood sports anchor, joins us as well. And on the line right now is the, I mean, he's like the most dangerous living person I know right now. I'm, <laughs> I'm so on edge about what you're actually doing right now. Tony Gwynn Jr., uh, voice of the Padres, joins us as well. Good morning, Tony. Morning, Lizzie. I'm sick to my stomach right now. You have a game that you're calling today. You're currently in the car driving Four out. Four hours to- away. Yeah. And you lose an hour. Yeah. Do you remember that? I- I did. I did. I did what I left. What I left this morning and po- put it in my phone and realized I'm getting there right at one o'clock. So it's gonna be a. It's gonna be a. It's gonna be a, be a, be a whirlwind. Again. He's got Jesse Agler. I mean, there's really no stress when you work with Jesse Agler. The guy has been there for days. He's gonna be prepared. Tony's going to cruise in. He's going to be absolutely fine. Just out of breath. <laughs> now, he, now you sound you sound actually fine. Uh, you told Adam, I heard, that I might be in a bad spot. I p- picture you in that. You know where it keeps changing from San Diego to Imperial County as you go back? Terrible. You go to the switchback all the way down into the El Centro Valley. I, have no, I hope you're closer than that, though. But if, if you're only going to be there at one, you're obviously not that far along yet. <laughs> you, yeah, you are so- Spot on right now, I am I am approaching El Centro here shortly, uh, and that'll probably be uh, a spot where I try to get a little fast food so I can get some meat. Yeah, I mean. This is like the – it's literally – like I, I used to live a little dangerously, uh, Tony Gwynn Jr., and I, even I'm like, man, I've done some really seedy stuff. I've never done anything this nerve-wracking, though. I'll tell you right now, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling for you. I hope you get there. And, yeah, you know that Jesse will be able to cover you uh, until you get there. But So, man, I, it's got to be a good feeling for you um, getting back out there and getting back into the swing of things. Yeah, man, I, I'm looking forward to it. I think uh, just – Based on what I've been hearing in the early part of spring, uh, based on what I've seen, uh, this is a, a, a group that um, has a chance to, to, to do some things. And I know there's still, um, I would say, some holes in the, in the roster that I think will eventually be addressed. But I'm excited. I, I really am about this ball club. This is they 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 have kind of built in a, a built in chip on their shoulders yeah. based on how things went last year. You know, and and I think for a ball player too, Tony, and you can speak to this better than anybody. Humility is a, a pretty powerful uh, thing. Oh, sorry, I think we're losing yeah. him now. We got you. Are you? Yeah, you got, got you. Okay, yeah, humility. For a, for a baseball player, can be a good thing, a really good thing, actually. It can make you go back and work harder and reassess and, and realize, oh, I, maybe we were. But you don't want to lose your confidence. You don't want to lose your yeah. confidence. It's a, it's a fine line, I, I would imagine. It, it, it 100% is a fine line. And, you know, um, this game has a funny way of, of consistently humbling you. And as, as human beings, it's easy to go through 
an off season or a season in which you are the favorites and all of the praise comes to you early. Um, and then you get in it and you, you kind of can lose track of, of where you are and who you are. And I think uh, baseball is, as I said, it has a, has a great way of, of bringing you back to center and just base, just listening to a lot of the different comments coming out of camp. It seems like they have realized that there was some centering that needed to happen. And, and with Mike Schilt, I think, at the helm, I think they're they're certainly on their way to, to getting back where they need to be. I'll admit, Tony, I, I, I may have been wrong last year. I thought the uh, the whole weight of expectations thing was overblown a bit. I'm a big, hey, you, you produce on the field, and the, the off-the-field stuff is kind of irrelevant once you get between the lines. But clearly it had an impact. The weight of the expectations, all the pressure had an impact last year. Will it have an impact on the L.A. Dodgers, who are that team this year, the one that's getting all the attention, all the media, all the stories, uh, you know, dozens of reporters every single day to see Otani and Yamamoto and Glasnow, and they're going to be they're going to be there in Peoria today, the first uh, their first road show of the spring. Could they be impacted the same way the Padres were last year? Sure. Uh, I, I mean, I would say that they have a little more experience in, in being that story being that top dog and, and maybe knowing how to handle it, but everybody's susceptible to that. I, I would push back that you weren't really wrong, Ben. I think those things are true. Everything is really decided on the field, but how do you navigate that when it doesn't go as scripted, right? And I think that's where this this ball club last year failed. When it, when it changed on them, they didn't pivot. They just, they just stayed with the thought of, hey, it'll all work itself out. We'll be fine. And then when they looked up, it was it was too late. But the Dodgers most certainly can be affected by it. If not during the regular season, we know it can affect them come playoff time. So uh, they're they're an immensely talented team. They should be the favorites to win the West. But they're just as susceptible to the things the Padres went through as are just susceptible to go through the things that the Padres went through last year. I was just going to say we're talking to Tony Gwynn Jr. It's a totally different feeling when that clock strikes midnight and it gets into October for the LA Dodgers. I mean, yeah. you, you you added some um, obviously ridiculously great players, ridiculously great players. Uh, Tyler Glass now it, it has experience in the, in the postseason. Um, Shohei Otani does not. Yamamoto does not. It's a different story for them. They're going to win 115 games, like almost falling out of bed, you know, and they did it last year with a rash of injuries. They know what they're doing, but again, it's going to be a little bit different in October, and that pressure's just got to be through the roof. Uh, it's good for my narrative, though, because if they win it, Tony, <laughs> if they win it, well, it's like, well, yeah, how could you not win it with that team? And if they lose it, that's just going to be a lot of fun. It's funny because, you know, I think I'm a big believer in, you know, I don't, I don't believe in a lot of the hype that, that typically happens in terms of the game, especially playoffs. But once it starts to happen, happen a couple times, and I'm talking about the Dodgers and their their playoff uh, issues, I yeah. guess. Once it starts to happen a few times, now it starts to settle in on the people who are in the fight. It starts to settle in your head a little bit. Creeping and in. So it, it, it does. And so you start to have to find a way to, to overcome that. So that's going to be stuck on them no matter – who the new guys on the roster are who haven't experienced it, they are going to inherit that. And so, um, you, you know, from, from a Padre fan standpoint, I think you, you sit back and you, you, look, you hope for chaos. Now, chaos may not come when you think it does, when it's supposed to, like during the regular season, but 
anything can happen come postseason. We've seen that, I mean, now, like, four, four consecutive years, it feels like. Talking to Tony Gwynn Jr., voice of the Padres. Gwynn and Chris here on 97.3 The Fan on his way to Peoria for today's game. And, Tony, I want a spring training childhood memory from Tony Gwynn Jr. Like, how young were you when your dad let you come with you to – to Peoria, I mean, do you even remember Yuma? I, I can't imagine you do. You're not old enough for that. <laughs> but, but like, what what did he let you do when when you finally were old enough to go to spring training and and be with him for a little bit? And you were in school, so I don't know how much you got to do. Yeah, I didn't get to go to spring training for long periods of time. You know, to the point where I could like get up, go hang out with him at the field. But I, I certainly remember Yuma. Um, I remember being under the we would be the home side bleachers playing pickle with whatever kids were back there. And that, that wasn't just ballplayers, kids. That was whatever kids were out watching games, we were in the back usually playing pickle somewhere. Um, most, of my, most of my spring training stories are really just being able to go in and, and go into the clubhouse. That was really my first experience getting to see what a, a big league clubhouse looked like. Now, Mind you, Yuma's clubhouse on the Padres side looked a whole lot different than it did in Qualcomm <laughs> when you came back. But nevertheless, that was my first experience being in it. So um, I have a lot of really fun memories. I have memories of uh, breaking windows at whatever facility we were staying at, getting in trouble doing that. I, I got in a lot of trouble when I was coming out to Yuma. So did your dad tell you not dad. like stay away from certain players? Like, don't, don't bother Ken Caminetti. He's getting his work done. Stay away from Ken. Was there certain players that were off limits? By the time – no, no player was off limits. By the time Cammy was – I was a little bit older. I, I, I understood what was going on a little bit more. But, uh, you know, back in, you know, the, the late 80s, seeing Tempe in the locker room, I mean, the 80s was wild because you walk in there, it'd be, you know, three, three or four guys smoking a cigarette. And it was just, <laughs> <laughs> you, think of, you think of where we're at now, it's like you couldn't fathom walking into a clubhouse seeing anybody smoking a cigarette. But that – that was kind of the times then. Can you imagine? I kind of, I kind of miss it. If actually. we just walked yeah, in and Fernan- Zan- Fernando Bogarts is just smoking a heater. What in the world? I, I mean, Ed, Ed, Ed Whitson usually had his shirt off and a and a and a, and a cigarette before. When, as soon as you walked in in the morning, it was like his coffee. <laughs> My favorite. I miss that era of baseball, actually, if I'm going to be honest with you. I think I fit in better there, Tony. We'll, we'll let you get back on the road, man. Good luck getting out there, and, uh, you know, hope you make it in time, and we'll be listening. Appreciate it. Yeah, my ETA is 1250, so I'm doing well. Oh, nice. yeah, a little ahead of schedule. Nice. But right. he still got that fast food stop ahead of him, too, so. Don't get pulled over. Yeah, so I, 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 I built it in, so we should be good. Excellent. All right, All right. Tony, uh, Appreciate have, you, have a great one month. We'll, uh, we'll see you when you get back. Tony Gwynn, Jr., Actually, we'll see him on Monday when yep. we're out there in, in person, I'm sure. And you'll hear him, barring any uh, accidental sidetracking or you know incorrect Google Maps or unexpected traffic, at, uh, at 12 o'clock today, Pacific time, 1 o'clock Arizona time, which is 10 minutes after he's scheduled to arrive in Peoria. It is very Ben Higgins of him. I mean, you, you, push, you push. Yeah, he's efficient. You push the envelope a little bit. Too much for my liking. I was at lunch yesterday an hour early. An hour. I was. I got there five minutes five early. Five minutes before the lunch. Which is, started. by the way, still five five minutes early is five minutes early. That's fair. We might have could have started it earlier had you been there a, a, a little bit earlier. But I'm just, you know, at, 
you also like to live dangerously like that. Well, I was already very early, and then I went to work, and I was I was early the rest of my day. I didn't want to. I mean, sitting rot. Early, I feel like if you're an hour early, you're just wasting an hour of your day that you could have been doing something else. I, well, I was playing on my phone, <laughs> listening, exactly. listening to my my uh, album record. You went and of got the a day. coffee. Got a coffee. Got coffee. A delicious flat not, white. Not necessarily the most productive time of I, your day. I was listening to my new record. My, so my what new, was yesterday? Was, it um, was uh, Allman Brothers so live. Bob at the, Dylan was day one. Yep. If you missed it yesterday, Woods got a book. 1,001 albums you need to hear before you die or something. And turns out a lot of tier ones have done the same thing or are doing the same thing. They have the same book. Uh, and now there's a, there's a website that just pops up a generator, and it shoots you your album of the day. I haven't logged in to see what today's is, but yesterday was uh, the Allman Brothers Live at the Fillmore, and it was, it was pretty badass. I'm not a big jam guy, so I'm like, all right, I get it. You guys are really good at guitar. I get it. You guys shred. You're a lot of their tracks are instrumental. Not a lot of them, but some of some them. Of them um, yeah. And so, yeah, Dwayne Allman is incredible. They're very good at, at playing guitar and showing you how good they are at playing guitar. So I, I liked it. I like the Allman Brothers. Um, I will say I like Blood on the Tracks a little bit better. So I'm, I'm working Dylan. through them. So I have, how many do I have left? I've done two. 999. 999 albums to go. In their entirety. So I did. I got 999 that. albums to go. I got the whole one done albums. waiting for you. So, it was good. All right, uh, we got our Tier 1 tour uh, resuming next. We are finally making our way out of the East. We'll go back to the uh, the National League and take a look at the Chicago Cubs as we begin our tour of the NL Central, a team that um, has had a fairly quiet offseason after a, a surprisingly decent year that didn't end in a playoff run. We'll take a look at... Uh, the Chicago Cubs, what they are up to in our Tier 1 tour next after a check of traffic with Ben and Woods on 97.3 The Fan. All right, before we jump back into our Tier 1 tour, I need to respond to our big boss, Michael, who is in our chat, who said five minutes early is late. Damn right. And while I certainly understand that perspective, especially someone coming from a military background, when you have a... A drill sergeant who is going to lay into you and make you do a bunch of push-ups if you're going to be late. You're definitely going to want to be very early for things. But I'm going to try to convince Michael that as as an employee, you want your employees using their time as efficiently as possible. And having them simply sitting around being early to something, like 15 minutes early to a meeting, to then what? Sit around and just... Just shoot the breeze and, and, and not be productive is actually, is actually counter to what you're trying to create. You want every minute accounted for as efficiently as possible. And that is always my goal every single day. Very much so. To make every minute count. Yeah, very and much And that's so. why I don't get to lunch one hour early when it's scheduled for 1230. I feel like 1225 is a perfectly acceptable time to arrive for a 1230 lunch. Yeah, I mean, you you don't you, you're just living dangerously. There could be a, a ten car pile up on the five. There could there be could. a flat tire. There could, and, and I'd be I'd be covered. Is there a sense that I feel like my time may be more valuable than yours? Woods? You're a bit of a narcissist. Yes, yeah, there is absolutely. There's a little bit of that yeah, there, as well. There, there's no question. And it's, if I felt like I made you have to wait another five minutes, probably not going to change your day much because you just waited for an hour. What's another five minutes yeah, anyway? That's true. That's true. I, I, you know, I, I tend to attract these people in my life, to be honest with you. It's, my wife is truly my soulmate in that we both are an hour early everywhere we go, and I, I, couldn't, I couldn't do it any other way. Have you ever run for a plane? 
Like that's such a concept that's Old, so foreign. to Only me. when I was on a connection that got delayed, right. so I had, but that wasn't my fault. But I, I, have you ever run for a plane planes, that was leaving at you know seven? Planes, I tend to, I tend to be fairly early. Yeah. One time, when my wife and I were flying to Italy, our one international trip that we made, we arrived about three hours before the flight, but this was in the months after nine eleven at LAX. And there were multiple security lines, and we realized we're not going to make it on three hours. We early. were there three hours early. By the time we checked in, just to the ticket like line, it was now forty five minutes before our flight, and we still had two security lines to get through. Fortunately, everyone else was in the same boat, and as we walked up to our flight, they said, "Yeah, you're not by far not the last one to get on. We're fine. We're not. We're not late." But we were pretty panicked at that point. We've got a uh, rule on the Tier 1 baseball team that's already been established. 30 minutes. Uh, game starts at 9. You need to be there in uniform, ready to go at 8.30. So I can get the lineup done. I'm not going to be waiting for you. not holding the lineup. We've got enough guys. 30 minutes. That's man. fine. Yeah. I mean, part of being at a game is warming up. and yeah, getting ready. You know, getting ready. You know, I, if you get there at 8.25, yeah, then fine. you're five minutes early. Yeah, but if good. you get there at 8.30, you're still on time. Yeah, you're on time. That's fine. Yeah, you'll, you'll stay in the lineup. All right, uh, speaking of lineups, let's take a look at the Chicago Cubs and fire up the Tier 1 tour bus. Taking a look at each team in sequence as we count our way down to Padres opening day on March 20th. We have uh, completed our tour of the NL and AL East divisions. It is now time to look at the NL Central, and we will start with the Chicago Cubs, who finished 83-79 and last year. One game out of a wild card. Pretty big game because that was uh, one game behind the Arizona Diamondbacks who went to the World yeah. Series. 162, sometimes one game makes a big difference. And I just happened to look. They went 1-6 against the Diamondbacks last year. They really let it get away. They went 7-15 and 15 in their final 22 games. Brutal. It was the Cubs' playoff spot to lose. <laughs> and they did, allowing the Diamondbacks to sneak in and the Marlins at the end. But in a, in a normal universe where the Cubs don't collapse, the Diamondbacks don't even make the playoffs. Obviously, they don't make a World Series run, and we're living in maybe a, a different alternate timeline in which uh, there's a lot of different talk about the Arizona Diamondbacks right now. But didn't happen that way. And in the end, the, uh, the Cubs decided to make a very large managerial change in the offseason. Their biggest move coming in the dugout with the hiring of Craig Council away from the Milwaukee Brewers, uh, replacing David Ross. Yeah, and you figure that, that move in and of itself, Ben, could get you that extra game that you needed, right? I don't know uh, how you, you judge a, manage, a manager's wins above replacement, but Craig Council, obviously very well respected, uh, knows what he's doing has been able to do a lot with a little, and he's got, it's this very similar team. Don't you feel like maybe even worse starting pitching than he had in Milwaukee, but maybe with a better offense? I'm looking at their offense to projections uh, on Fangraphs right now, Benny, and I'm looking, and they got one, two, three, four, four guys probably going to hit more than 20 home runs uh, in Ian Happ, Seiya Suzuki, Dansby Swanson, well, Christopher Morrell. It looks very different if you add Cody Bellinger back oh, to the lineup. It, it looks massively Which different. the speculation has been that they are the favorites to, to retain him and bring him back. But as of yet, they have not done so. Which means it's been a very quiet quiet offseason for the Cubs. I mean, yeah, it's not, it's not a scary lineup. I mean, other than Jan Gomes, if you're a Padre, who is right. the absolute... I don't know how that guy kills the Padres murders every single us. time. Just murders the Padres. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, Talkman, Horner, Hap, Suzuki, Swanson, 
not the worst. Not Morrell, the best they lineup. Tra- traded for Michael Bush. Yep. They traded for Nick Madrigal. They've got Do- they just picked up Dominic Smith. I don't know that he'll make the team. Uh, Patrick Wisdom off the bench now, uh, but their their starting rotation's decent. You know, yeah, Justin I mean, Steele's really the, good. Of course, they lost. Um, Stroman, Stroman, and they replaced him with Shota Imanaga I saw from video. Japan. I saw a video of him yesterday. Now, again, take it for what it's worth. Spring training, they had the, the camera right behind the dish. Nasty. They were doing the overlay of his fastball and his, his slider. And I mean, it is nasty, nasty stuff. So we'll see how he uh, translates to the big leagues. But you got to be excited about... About it's a good, it's a solid-ass team is what I would... I'd call them an SAT, a solid-ass team. <laughs> Uh, and Craig Council should have them playing some pretty good baseball. I, you know, you feel like kind of like Blake Snell, Justin Steele, probably a candidate for regression. Potentially. A little bit at the top of their rotation, but even a little regression, he's going to be pretty good. Uh, did add Hector Norris to their bullpen uh, to give it a little more length and depth behind Ad- Adbert Alzale, their closer. Uh, yeah, you you figure right now they feel like around a 500-ish team. Oh, I'd say... Uh, Again. I'd say... If they add Bellinger, then oh, yeah. you know back to a, a fringe playoff contender again for sure. Especially in a weak division, you got something. Should be able to well, yeah. Compete. Ben mentioned their collapse down the stretch. They missed the wild card by one game. Correct. Late in September against the Braves, they had a one-run lead in the bottom of the eighth with two outs, and Seiya Suzuki dropped oh, a throw right. drop I that remember hit that him one. right in the glove. Oh my god! They had the lead in the bottom of the eighth with two outs. They lost that game. Missed the playoff spot by one game. Holy cow. I mean, the I the Marlins, that. the Diamondbacks at 84 wins, the Cubs at 83, the Reds and the Padres all at 82. I do not think the Cubs are winning fewer games than the Marlins. Oh, last year. Well, that, that was last year. That okay. was last year. What are they year. projected to the, uh, this year? Um, their fan graph projected win total. 83. 83. So, yeah, right around, a little around 500. Now, Brewers, they still have the Brewers winning. Is this last year? No, this is 24. Brew, they have the Brewers winning 92 games. Really? That is, without Burns. Without Burns? They just, oh, I don't know, man. Uh, Cubbies at I mean, 83. They do have Gary Sanchez now. That is so. true. It is finally official. That can't be right. I'm taking the under. <laughs> I'll go do it right now. <laughs> it's the Brewers, though. It's like somehow they're wins. going to. It's a lot of somehow, wins for the it, Brewers. I mean, they, they Pat can win, Murphy they can the win that division with 87. Why bother winning 92 when you don't need to to 92, win that division? 92 wins. Hmm. Okay. I mean, they could be in playoff position at the trade deadline and still sell off pieces. Yeah. They're the Milwaukee Brewers. That is wild. Yeah, as uh, as we said about the Cubs, one of their biggest strengths every year is that they get to play in the National in League the Central. Central and not oh, see, in the NL West or the NL East. My uh, so- website that I use, Ben, has them set at seventy five and a half. Wins. That sounds a little that sounds a little little better. That's than a 92. that's a. Not as strong as an underpick at 92 as it is at 75. Low now. Look at this. Chicago Cubs 24. NL they Central's... won 92 last year. Okay, maybe the that's, maybe that's yeah. what it was. Well, it says, it says 24. Yeah, it doesn't have the... I need to find out what the projections are. Uh, but yeah, 75 and a half feels a little bit more right. That was last year. Okay. Makes sense. All right. Uh, we will uh, make our way through the NL Central uh, this week and into next week. Switch over to the AL Central and then... We'll be out west, and then it'll be time to start uh, Padre season in Korea on March 20th on opening day when we complete our Tier 1 tour. All right, it is uh, 8.30. We're going to take a timeout. When we come back, I want to uh, I want to finally get into that Jason Stark anonymous executive poll about some of uh, the winners, losers, moves in the offseason, and we'll hear from Xander Bogarts, who sat down with our Sammy Levitt at spring training yesterday about his position change and more all coming up next with Ben Woods on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan.
Well, if you're hoping for some secret pessimism about what the Dodgers did in the offseason, you're not going to find it from the group of anonymous executives that Jason Stark pulled in the Athletic. Oh, I'm so surprised. <laughs> they were quite they were quite high on the uh, the LA Dodgers moves. Uh yeah, Jason Stark does this every year. It's his um spring training survey and he talks to anonymous executives around the league and asks them just a series of questions. First one was which uh, is a hot dog a sandwich. sandwich. Which team was the uh, the most improved in the National League? And you can <laughs> Choose three teams, ah. but every single one of the 31 pretty much led off with the L.A. Dodgers, okay. are the most improved team. Diamondbacks got a bunch of votes as well. A good offseason. Some were so high on the Dodgers, one NL exec <clears throat> laid out his top three this way. Dodgers, one. Oklahoma City, triple-A Dodgers, two. Tulsa, double-A Dodgers, three, as the most improved in baseball. Another one just said Dodgers, Dodgers, Dodgers. Um, how many games will the Dodgers win? One exec said 130. <laughs> <laughs> One said, look, I work for a lower budget NL team, so in some ways I can't stomach the Dodgers, but you have to admire not just that they do what they do, but they're awfully freaking good at it. Yeah, there you is do a, a great job. Yeah, yeah there's some professional uh, envy, and but also some respect for the Dodgers around the league, and uh, expectations are high, uh, both anonymously and publicly for the L.A. Dodgers this season. I'm going to say they don't win 130 games. I would also say that that seems high. It's very high. That's You can absorb 32 losses, and that's it, the entire year to get to 130. As Brandon says, 130 wins to get bounced by the Rockies in the first round. <laughs> well, it's the Brandon, it's the layoff. I mean, you know, how can these guys be expected? To go out and perform after four days off. I mean, it's very difficult. Uh, American League version, the Orioles and Yankees uh, received the most votes, with the uh, Royals also getting a bunch of votes for most improved on the American League side. No love for the Cincinnati Reds, Ben. Uh, I'm like, I'm like, the Reds were fifth on the most improved. Yes. I'm like weirdly excited to watch the Reds and the Royals this year. I'm, I'm, I've taken a, a, a an interest in watching both of those teams that are. In, in a similar type, you know, not situation. We've got a lot more superstars than both of those teams do, but they got a lot of players that I absolutely love watching play the game of baseball, and I'm I'm rooting for those guys. I am. He also went the other direction, asking about the least improved teams, and uh, the top three were the Marlins, the Rockies, and the Padres as the teams that did the least to improve their rosters from 2023. In now, the entire NL. In I, the entire NL. Now, the Marlins went out today and signed Tim Anderson. So right, but that's, I mean, they've done. Proved they've, themselves. The Rockies have done. They've done. Have they done nothing Have they done all? anything? Uh, the Padres, of course, you know, worked on their bullpen a little bit. But they also lost the most in terms of trading Juan Soto and yeah. losing Blake Snell and it's Nick Martinez to... and Michael Walker and Seth Lugo. So what, what's no the question? Way to, improving your roster? improved team, essentially. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, teams that went nowhere or backwards. And, and, you know, I think it's fair to include the Padres just based on who they lost. But, I mean, if you look around the NL. But they've done a lot more than those other they've teams. They've done have. a lot more than the other teams. And, and like, what did, what did the Phillies do to improve? They, they re-upped. They signed Craig Kimbrell. No, Kimbrell's an Oriole now. That's right. He's an Oriole. They lost Craig Kimbrell. No one what mentioned have, the Phillies, but what it, have it, the Phillies done? They're they're a decent team coming back, but they're the same team coming it's back. It's the without Kimbrell, they've re-upped uh, Wheeler or Nola. Nola, Nola. Talking and they're about talking about Wheeler, Wheeler, but that doesn't make you better. That just brings back the same player who's a year older. 
Yeah, they haven't done they haven't done almost anything. This I, I mentioned Whit Merrifield. That's their their yeah. big off season acquisition. I okay, men, I mentioned Kimbrel because I have the Orioles on my mind, wondering if they're on the least improved for the AL side because I know they got Corbin Burns, but they're a team that won a hundred games, and you'd think this is their time. Go go make some big up. They were the most improved according to the the voters what, because what, of Burns. Because of Kimbrel and Burns. Yeah, because of Burns. Yeah. Essentially, it's essentially the acquisition of one guy. Sway. I mean, you know, even execs are subject to the same kind of whims that we are. Now, least improved on the AL side. This was kind of funny. Uh, the Red Sox and White Sox were both there. The A's got the most votes, though, of least improved. Jason Stark took it a step further, though. He challenged the 31 anonymous executives to name six Oakland A's. Oh, man. And not a single one of them. Oh, my God. Even really wanted to attempt to answer the question. Can, of anyone, name can you do it? Six right. Oakland A's. I, I, I don't think I could do it. Ryan Noda. Look up, pull up their roster. Ryan Noda. Brent Rooker. Estuary Ruiz. Estuary Ruiz. There you go. A lot of stolen bases out of the former Padre. Would we have known him if he wasn't a former Padre? Probably not. Zach Geloff, second baseman. Zach Geloff is there. Very good. That's four. That's four. You're correct on all of them. There's three brains in here, by the way. Yeah. Any pitchers? Those are really hard. Uh, (laughs) I mean, really uh, hard. uh, uh, Is there there closer? Him and. Oh, they just signed. Bobby. uh, There's a. Jimenez, right? Yeah, there is a Danny Jimenez. Jimenez. Dan Jimenez. (laughs) Who was signed as a free agent a year ago. Not Bobby Miller. Bobby, is there a Bobby pitcher? Bobby... It's it's like... Shea Langoliers. Shea Langoliers, yeah. Yeah. This is the uh, catcher. Who's the Bobby? There is no Bobby. There's a Bobby. I had him on my fantasy team last year. I see no Bobby on the roster right now, unless he's on the injured list somewhere. No Bobby. I believe he is. No Bobbies. There's a Bobby, Ben. There's no Bobby. There's no Bobby. Mason Miller. It's close. That's who I had on my team. <laughs> the Bobby you were thinking of. I think Bobby was Miller, Mason, Mason Miller. Yeah. Miller. Ba- Mason Bobby Miller, obviously. <laughs> Bro. Oh, Trevor God. I know that name. Yeah, dude. This is. Uh, oh, Ross Stripling, Alex Wood. Okay. Yeah, those are two no, no, known names. In... Iggy Anduhar. <coughs> Seth Brown. Uh, former... Seth Brown is a guy that everyone talks Their about. Their projected the third baseman right now is uh, former Padre Abraham Toro. Does naming the manager count? <laughs> That is Marcotte. Uh, I know that he one. He's uh, an Oakland A. That's a very anonymous team you've got right it there, is. though. It is. I'm, I'm pulling for him, though. A um, couple of other observations from Jason Stark. Uh, the worst free agent signings of the offseason, according to the anonymous executives. Lucas Giolito is number one for the Boston Red Sox. But the next two were both San Francisco Giants. Jordan Hicks and Jung Ho Lee were considered two of the three worst free agent signings. Jordan Hicks and Jung Ho Lee, Lee. Both by the Giants. Both considered uh. bad signings. I mean, Lee seemed like a big overpay. Obviously, the Padres were in on Lee, but nowhere near where the Giants were willing to eventually go when it came to the salary that, that he, was, uh, he was able to command. Um, who talked us out of Giolito being a bad deal? Chris Rose or Eno Saras? Innings eater. Innings eater, yeah. yeah. It's important. It's important, but the price tag was really, really through the roof. No real consensus on the best free agent bargain of the winner. Uh, Reese Hoskins got four votes. He made what fourteen? Thirty million. Thirty for two. For two, yeah. for two years. It coming off feel a, an in, to me. Coming off an injury season, but I guess they just kind of dreamed on him returning to being the power threat that he was. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's those are what actual people in baseball, anonymous executives 
had to say about some of the uh, the moves that went on in the offseason. Well, I do like the you know I do like the um, the under the radar bit for the San Diego Padres, and as I mentioned earlier in the show, they they talked about it on MLB Network yesterday, and everyone said, "Listen, I, I think they have a bit of a chip on their shoulder," as, as Tony Gwynn Jr. mentioned as well, and the expectations are kind of off. These guys are are seemingly more focused on playing together, and you know we'll see if any of that crap turns out to be true because that's all it is right now is just it's just. It's just hot air at this point, but uh, we'll see if they can actually perform on the field. And uh, but I, I I like where everything's going so far. I mean, obviously, there's three holes I would love. Oh, that's weird. Uh, there are three open spots that I would like to fill. Of course, um, no. Last year the Padres would have been on the, the other side of the list. Most improved teams, uh, partially because of their acquisition of Xander Bogarts. He is back for a second season. You're just going to plow through that. When we come back from traffic, we're going to hear just Sam. right through it. I'm not going to bring it up. You're Tom the one... Rathman. Mike Alstott. Full, full, ba- full backing it. Oh, my God. Lorenzo Neal was always my favorite with the uh, I was a big Chargers. Mike Alstott guy. Loved him. All right. Let's go to. Or we're going to go to traffic. Yeah. And then uh, Xander Bogarts. Oh, my God, Adam. With. Our Sam Levis Disgusting when we come back right here now. on 97.3 The Fan. Xander Bogart's getting a lot of praise for uh, some team-first attitudes here this spring yes. with the San Diego Padres. The position change to second base, which we will see him out there today playing second base and batting second for your San Diego Padres. But wanted to bring a couple of clips up. Sammy Levitt talked to Xander Bogart yesterday. Just play the whole thing in its entirety, Padres please. Spring please. Training. Here's, uh, here's a couple minutes for you. Now that you've had a handful of days there, how's it going? I mean, it's been different. You know, uh, I'm definitely looking forward to the challenge. I know, I know it will be some, some, some good days and some bad days. Uh, that, that all comes with trying to trying to make adjustments and and learning something new. You know, I'm always open to learning, always open to listening, and uh, might be a little different transition because I'm normally in front of all the plays, being a right. shortstop, but now I'm kind of behind the plays. I don't really see much what's going on here, so. I can't wait to get into games. I mean, I've been practicing, but I know the games is much different because uh, I've, I've played on the, the second base of the of the infield on some shifts. So I know sometimes it can be a little tough. So hopefully I can get adjusted to that as quick as possible. Is there any part of learning all this that is fun, enjoyable, like something for, for somebody as accomplished as you, something that is a little bit new? I think I was always that guy that was willing to, yeah. to learn, you know, willing to learn, I mean, in, in anything in general, you know, and and extremely open to challenges, and, and, and just I think that comes with me just never being satisfied with, with anything that I do. And this is another challenge, you know. This is one that that, that I do maybe one day, you know, it would probably have to have to have happened, or maybe another position, whatever. But always open to it, always always definitely willing to learn, want want to learn. And uh, as I said, the only tough thing for me is like I don't really see that guy, right, so. Right. I wouldn't say I'm a little afraid. I mean, I don't really know what's going on here. You know, it's just, there's a lot of trust that I have to have going on in myself and and the way I'm around the base, right. so preventing anything from happening. We're talking about the physical side of playing second mm-hmm. base. How about the mental side? Because I, I thought the other day when you spoke for the mm-hmm. first time about it, I thought you said all the right things, yeah, and I it am. showed a team-first mentality. Now that you've had a few days to sit with it, from the mental standpoint, how does it feel? I like it. You know, I like yeah. it. Uh, I feel like it'll be a little less taxing on your body, probably. Uh, but yeah, as I said, it's probably my preference after shortstop. You know, okay. that, that would be a good good place to go. You know, not that not that uh, I wanted to go there right. or something like that. But yeah, <laughs> definitely now that we had it and 
I got to talk to AJ to see if I can get some games at shortstop when Kim is <laughs> Kim is having an off day. I got right. to talk to AJ about that. Okay, well, maybe they'll, they'll work with you. I hope so. You know, <laughs> AJ and uh, Shoji. <laughs> I let me ask you. I love that, by the way. Let me ask you, Woods. I'm like ready to run through a wall, kind of right now. Does Xander Bogarts deserve some patience? Yes, from fans this year. Of course. I mean, I, I get. I mean, it sounds logical to me as well. You're being, you're asking him to change his position, completely different perspective. Yeah. Different pivots at second base, different side of the infield. After he has played exclusively shortstop for a very long time. Bro, I was talking to a buddy the other day that played in the minor leagues, and I asked him about that 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 change. And he goes, he goes, I'm so nervous for him, because he really he likes Xander a lot. And he said, Moving positions in little league is tough. Moving positions in high school is very difficult. Moving positions in adult ball is hard. He goes, I can't even imagine he's like short, all your momentum's coming towards first base. Second, you have to like Stop, recharge the, you know, build it all up to make the throws. He goes, coming across the bag. He goes, I just, he goes, I'm a wreck for him. So the answer is unequivocally, yes. He's going to look like a buffoon a couple of times. There, there's no doubt. I mean, that it happens to the best of them. But it is a rarity that guys who are making $285 million in contracts are afforded a lot of patience from fan bases. They're expected to, Bro, as long as, to already be final products and be they, good they, and proven and they, and they know what they're doing. They paid for that bat. You know, the bat is the bat so needs to play. patience with the fielding, patience in the field. Oh, but yeah. you better not carry it over to the plate and get off to a slow start because you've been so worried about no, the I mean, position look, change. You're going to you're going to be you, there every, are expectations still. Of on course, of course, everybody gets uh, uh, everybody gets, you know, patience at the beginning of the year. Nobody, you know, it's, you ever see a guy come out and hit 500 for a season? You ever see a guy hit 400 since Ted Williams? No, it's a effing hard game, dude. So. Um, guys are going to get off to slow starts. Guys are going to get off to hot starts. Eric Hosmer won the MVP in April every year he was here. I've never seen a better hitter. He was Ted Williams in April. I would pick him up beginning of the year on my fantasy team. I'd drop him May 1st. He was unbelievable. Six bombs, you know, 30 RBI, batted 500 with runners in scoring position. was incredible. So guys are going to get off to slow starts. Xander got off to a scorching hot start last year. Scorching. So I expect the bat to play. In the field, though, yeah, he, he deserves a little patience. A couple more minutes. We got a, one more clip here of Sammy with Xander Bogarts <laughs> from yesterday. A lot of superstars in that clubhouse. Mm-hmm. No secret. Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis Jr., Joe Musgrove, Hugh Darvish. The list mm-hmm. goes on and on. From, from a leadership standpoint, entering year two here in San Diego, how do you view that for yourself, the, the leadership part of it? I just think continue being vocal, you know, and, 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 and I mean, whenever you see someone that's not being done the right way, you just let them know. And, and no hard feelings. They, they, don't, they shouldn't think like you don't like them or you dislike them or you have a problem with them. Especially coming from the young guys. Like, I know we have a lot of young guys that at hopefully at some point comes up and help us because we know our prospect list is pretty hot. Uh, pretty solid guys coming up in the minors. So excited to see that group and excited to be able to work with that group. Right. Uh, I know the transition for some of those guys might not be as smooth. You would all hope that all of them would right. blossom into the player that everyone hopes that, that they will become right away. But sometimes it's, it's, <laughs> it doesn't really go that way. So excited for that. And, uh, and what's crazy is we still have a lot of talent at the big league level with experience. So right. I feel like blending in those two is, is huge because the years that I've been successful as, as a team, you always have to have a couple right. of guys come up from that, that farm system and, 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 and play. And, 
and play pretty good, you right. know. So hopefully this year is a year and, and, and we continue to build something that's very sustainable. Yeah, superstars mixed in with some young, young and, guys. and really hungry keep, guys. Keep us young. I feel young. <laughs> I don't know if it's that second base thing going on, but hopefully it stays that way. Big fan of Xander Bogart's interesting point in the chat made by one Brian Yono. Did you see this? He said, it's interesting that Xander said he'd talk to AJ to get some games at short. You'd think that would be a manager's decision. That is an interesting point that Brian makes that I guess I didn't think twice about when he said it. But that is interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they are collaborative. Collaborative. It's collaborative. uh, What's the other word? What was the buzzword early? Not synergy. It was collaborative. Elite? No, 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 no. It was a a word they were all throwing out, all the the brass and and Mike Schilt. Damn it. We hear from all different voices. We get uh, perspective. Intentional? No. He said intentional a lot. He did. He did. That's an interesting point, though. Like, hey, I'd like to play some short when Hassan Kim goes uh, needs a rest. I'll go talk to AJ Preller. I think it's interesting that Xander's batting second today. Holistic. Holistic. There's the the word. word. Yeah, it's a very holistic approach. Xander's batting second today. He told us uh, first week of spring training last year. I don't like hitting second. He says, "I, I always get great numbers when I'm hitting second, but. What, why doesn't he not like getting great numbers? It I don't doesn't know. help the team as much. Something. I, I don't. I, I never totally understood it. If you're getting great numbers, you should be helping the team. Where if you're batting second, uh, I have not heard pe- one peep about Xander not wanting to hit second this year. And guess where he's hitting today? Two second, playing second for your San Diego Padres. Might as well wear number two while you're at it. If you're going that to is, just do all those things, that is an interesting little comment there. <laughs> I'm gonna let's make a, a, a mountain out of that. AJ runs the team. Is that a mountain or is that a well-established fact at this point? Fair enough. Totally, right. It's a holistic approach. Final hour, uh, we're going to talk to Sammy Levitt uh, live and in person next here on The Fan. Sarah Benowitz is brought to you by The Farmer's Dog. Welcome back. Final hour, heading until 10 o'clock, Annie and Elston. They will take you to 12 o'clock and Padres baseball for the first time in 2024 here on 97.3 The Fan. Ultimately, if everything goes... As well as possible. Adam, how many spring games are we covering? We'll carry 13 13 spring games, 162 regular season games. That's 175. And if, uh, you know, things break right and you get to October, make a deep run, you can uh, get as many as uh, 20 to 25 more at some point. So maybe up to, you know, 200 baseball games beginning today. The new show, the so the new show, Annie and Elson, they already get a two-hour reprieve. This is unbelievable. What in His the mind goes world? right there. This is, this is incredible. Don't forget you... that Gwen and Chris get a short show today, too. Oh, fantastic. Woods. Fantastic. <laughs> On the back end. I'm in here hacking up along. You know, this is it's unbelievable. What's Tony your... might have a short broadcast. Depending he might on have he a short broadcast. There. Well, you can't expect Tony to come back and do a show after he did all the driving. Right. I just mean he might not be there for the today, first inning. So. Adam over here always telling me, well, we got to keep it fair. Well, then keep it fair. Keep it. I'm leaving right now. You guys got this. Good Lord. Um, Just before we here. get to Sammy Levitt, I want to hearken back to uh, a don't do this story. The days of yore. I mentioned earlier. What, uh, what did I tell you was a non-story? Charlie Woods. Charlie Woods trying to qualify for a PGA Tour event. And why was it a non-story? Because anyone can do it. And he wasn't going to qualify. Charlie Woods shot an 86 today, including a 12 on the par 4 7th hole, and did not qualify for a PGA Tour event. Do you know? End of story. 
Thank you very much for playing. Do you know the kind of deviancy that I would exhibit to shoot an 86 again at some True. point? I mean, I mean, bounce back with the, the 39 on the back after the 47 on well, the front. So now you mentioned it, and you're dragging this 16-year-old uh, kid 15, after shooting actually. 15-year-old I'm kid after making an 86. For making it a you're story. the media! You're the media. Making it a story that it's not a story. Good Lord, poor kid. I hope he recovers. Poor kid. I'm sure he's bummed today. He, sure you, you are covering it right now, correct? Yeah, ben? you're literally covering it. He as, as he gets into a gold-plated helicopter and flies off to his next endeavor, he'll be fine. All right, let's go out to uh, Peoria, Arizona. We've already heard a bunch from him actually today with some great interviews. Jay Cronenworth just heard uh, Xander Bogarts and uh, dropping, I believe uh, now. And if you can uh, go on the social media channels. He also talked with Padres pitching prospect Robbie Snelling. Sammy Levitt, Sammy Spring Training, joins us here on 97.3 The Fan. Sammy, good morning. Gentlemen, good morning. And I, I you know, commiserate with Woods that he doesn't get the hours off during yeah. the Padres games. But I will say, Woodsy, doesn't it make it that much sweeter when I waltz in for those East Coast weekday day games? You get a little hour, middle of June, middle of July, makes it that much sweeter the padres and pancakes two days a year event yes. that we have yes it's very <laughs> it really it really it really soothes me sammy no i'm just kidding i love this i love being in here with ben and adam it's the highlight of my day the lights are glistening off of adam's bald head right now staring me right in the face uh it's been a it's been a fun morning sammy and you knocked it out of the park yesterday we just played your your interview with xander what a dude i mean really like I, I was nervous last week when the announcement was made. I was homesick, and I uh, saw the the thing, and I'm like, man, he looks a little bit perturbed. He doesn't seem perturbed at all. He seems pretty loose and having fun with it all. That first day he spoke, he said he was at peace with it, right? And I know there were a lot of opinions as to as to what he said and the body language. It seemed like everybody was sort of looking at it and coming away with different takeaways. But my takeaway that day and when I spoke to him yesterday was that he's handled this, in my opinion, about as well as you could have hoped for, for somebody as accomplished as him, for somebody who signed a contract as a shortstop for the amount of money he did. And I thought it came out, uh, came off that way during the interview I did with him yesterday. I, I thought the openness to learning and getting better at second base and, and putting forth that team first mentality as cliche as it all might sound. I think in this scenario, it's really important. So I continue to be really impressed with what he said, what he continues to do. I'll tell you that I've seen Jay Cronenworth talking to him a lot out there at second base uh, the last handful of days. I, I know and it's part of what we covered in the interview. I know that he's, he's getting different pieces of advice. Uh, from from Jake and other people, and his teammates have been supportive of it. So I, I feel like he said all the right things, certainly doing the right things. His teammates have also said the right things about what he's done moving to second base. So uh, we, we get to see it for the first time in game action, and, and one of the things you may have played it that Xander talked about was how important that game action would be, right? And it's something that Mike Schultz just talked about a few minutes ago when he was asked about the expectations for Xander there and, and what he wants to see moving forward. And, you know, Mike talked about the nuances of playing second base, cutoffs, relays, depth, uh, pivots, all the different elements that come with playing that side of the infield. So 
Obviously, it'll be a work in progress. You heard Xander say there will be good days, there will be bad days, but there's no doubt from what Mike Schultz said this morning and what you continue to hear that he is taking to it extremely well. And at this point, I think that's all you could ask for, and now we get to see it in a, in a real game coming up. Sammy Levitt is with us uh, from Padre Spring Training in Peoria. Speaking of Mike Schilt, uh, now that you've gotten to uh, sit down with him daily for his, his media scrums, Annie and Elston made a, I thought a, an observant point yesterday, and they played some of the sound. Uh, the the gathered media, you know, A.J. Casavell, Kevin Acey, yourself, were trying to wheedle a little information out of him yesterday about the lineup for today's game, and he didn't really want to give it up yet. He hadn't, he hadn't talked to everybody but he handled it with a very light and deft touch, kind of a, a playful, you know, he doesn't get frustrated like sometimes, you know, like a Bill Belichick type when he gets a question sure. he doesn't want to answer. He has he had a light touch with it. Seemed like he keeps um he keeps those sessions easy for everybody. And that's a that's actually a skill for a manager who has to meet with the media so often over the course of the season. I've been impressed by him so far. I want to get your observations. I have too. To me it it, it speaks to what we heard about Mike Schilt when he was hired. And that is that he's a people person, right? And he knows how to talk to people throughout an organization. And he has an interest in people throughout the organization. And I feel like that really comes off the same way when he talks to us formally every single morning. You're right, Ben. There is a lightness and a, a certain touch to it. I'll even give you another example from just a few minutes ago. Uh, Kevin Acey asked, might Manny Machado DH on Saturday back home here in Peoria? And, of course, Mike Schilt wouldn't confirm that. But Mike did say, you know, he, he might DH and then kind of carried on. And But quickly turned back to Kevin and said, might. You know, in, in, sort, of a, in sort of a fun way. Yeah, th- there's definitely been a certain feel and lightness to, uh, uh, to those sessions. And, and he clearly just understands how to talk to people and and sort of make you feel comfortable. So I think it's a really good observation. I think he's done a really nice job so far in these formal press conferences every morning with the media. And and by the way, these, you know, the Mike Schultz updates during spring training, especially the last week or so, there's not always that much to talk about new. Uh, There certainly are days where there's a lot to talk about that's new, but I'm with you. I've been really impressed, and, and I think it shows the people skills that that we've heard about with Mike Schultz from the moment he was hired. I think it's all shined through really nicely. Uh, by the way, I, I think people are, you know, fans are going, what what does it matter? Why does he not say that Manny's going to be a DH on Saturday? It's not some state secret. It's not even a competitive game. Why does it matter? The reason why managers don't give that information is because if he said today, Manny's going to, yeah, the plan is for Manny to DH on Saturday. And if for whatever reason, right. Manny got up on the wrong side of the bed and, you know, his elbow was just a little bit off on Saturday and then he didn't play, now all of a sudden that's a story that people are writing about. Manny scratched from the lineup was supposed to play. Yeah. If you don't commit to it, you leave yourself some flexibility. You le- you keep things from becoming stories that don't have to be stories. That's, that's simply why managers don't say things yeah. they don't have to in these sessions. Yeah, it it goes back to the theme of, of what is one of the traits of a good manager, typically. It's protecting your players, and I think that is part of protecting your players, is making sure, A, that you don't put them in a position where it creates any kind of controversy or any storyline involving them, and also 
being clear with your communication. I mean, who knows, you know, what the conversations have been so far with Manny and, and if that's even broached, right? I mean, that, that may not even have been a conversation topic yet as to what he's doing Saturday. So, again, it shows the touch, the feel. Baseball, as, as you guys know, when it comes to the, the person-to-person interactions, it is so much about feel, right, and having feel for moments and feel for people and feel for situations. And to this point, it, it certainly seems like Mike Schilt has that feel. Talking to our pal Sammy Levitt here on uh, Ben and Woods this morning, checking in with you. Um, it was funny. One of our, our listeners pointed out they were listening to your uh, interview with Xander Bogarts, and, and Xander mm-hmm. said, yeah, you know, if, if Hassan Kim needs a day, I'll, I'll go play short. And he <laughs> said, I need, to, I need to go ask AJ. And the guy said, well, wouldn't that be a manager's decision? And I started laughing. I'm like, oh, no, here we go. Did you catch that? And, and probably I did. Yeah. What, uh, I mean, what do, you, what do you say to that? Well, you know, look, I thought it was funny. I, I also thought it was pretty lighthearted. Like, if you go watch the, the video, it, it's pretty lighthearted, the, the whole moment. Uh, but look, we know baseball in 2024, right, that there's a lot of collaboration on a lot of decisions. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. and I know you, you talked to Bryce Miller earlier about the PT Road, about Bob Melvin and A.J. Preller, and, and obviously a lot's been written about that. Um, look, that, that piece and, and what transpired in, in the last year in the manager's seat, it, it does speak to whatever word you want to use, alignment, collaboration, how important that is. So I, I thought that particular moment was kind of lighthearted, but the idea that, you know, AJ would, would be on that kind of uh, decision, I, I don't think would be the most shocking thing in the world. With it's the puppet master. Not just the Padres and this front office, but I, I think that, that you know, that's true 100%. of a lot of front offices. He, you know, he, he, even the teams that are winning World Series, I think it's all true. But I, I didn't read too much into, into any of that from Xander yesterday. Well, I thought it was pretty lighthearted. Adam forced me to ask that question. I wanted to ask you about the salad supply out at spring training. That's really more my, my speed, Sammy. How, how have uh, Trader Joe's, are they, they restocked? Uh, are you guys still fighting over salads out there? I was very interested in the no. salad content. No, no salad situation today. I, I did have an error on my part yesterday, though, because I had brought uh, a Trader Joe's salad with me to the ballpark, and then I left it in my car for about <laughs> two hours. So then there was a debate, and I actually I asked A.J. Castro, and he wasn't sure either. And I said, well, how, how long could this sit in my car, and will I, you know, will I get ill from eating it if it sat for two hours? Which didn't seem that long to me, and it didn't have any meat in it. So I said, oh, all right, probably good. But then it got to lunchtime, and I was like, I don't want no. to make myself sick by eating it. I mean, it's like a $5 salad, so I... I just went over to. I think you're okay. Place, you're not okay. Yeah. Also, Odyssey it's, is it's paying. It's almost o- all Odyssey, vegetables. Odyssey I mean, will pay. You know, for vegetables that. grow outside to begin with. It can be, you know, vegetables can be outside for a while. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if it's already dressed and stuff, then I'd say no. But if it's simply just salad stuff sitting there, and it's not a hundred degrees right now, Sammy, right? It's uh, you know, it's no. it's fairly reasonable. I think it'd be um, just fine. Yeah, for a hot hours. lettuce. Yeah, Hot tomatoes. Well, put it in the fridge, cool it down again. But I don't. I don't think you it's going to get. You're unbelievable. No, damaged. It, prob- it probably would have been okay. Can't uh, you get I like agree, listeria or something? Something you can get something. What's the? <laughs> what's what can you get from that? 
Yeah. You, you don't eat. You don't leave salads out in the boiling heat or in the heat. They're in the car, so it's like being in an oven. Would you like to heat up your salad it in, was microwave, in the microwave? Morning, maybe? though, it wasn't like the hot, the hottest portion of the day. Well, what time's lunch? Noon. Noon. He said a couple uh, of hours. Morning hours. Yeah. Mm. Well, it was a couple hours until I realized that I left it out there. Yeah. So. Just toss it. Adam's Adam. Adam will cover it. Don't worry yeah, about it. Yeah, that was fine. I um. <laughs> so you, we have another video up now. Uh, you talked with yeah. Robbie Snelling. Uh, who is Robbie Snelling? You know, other than Padres pitching prospect, had a really good season last year, obviously. But, like, who is this kid? Well, he's a former four-star linebacker. And when you see him up close, you can see that because he's big and he's broad. So he's somebody who played for his dad, uh, playing high school football, and also played baseball at the same time. And ultimately took the baseball route and is somebody that just turned 20 and is somebody that had a tremendous amount of success. But as you'll hear in the interview with him, he he does not seem very phased uh, by that success, by uh, the expectations, by being inside the clubhouse, by by really any of it. I I really enjoyed it. And I came away with, uh, you know, a feeling of, of he's very confident about his ability, about being where he is right now, and there's no part of him that's intimidated or, or phased by it. So, um, yeah, he's very, very interesting guy. We, we talk in that interview and a bunch of the clips. I haven't put them all out yet, but we talk about his, his football life. We talk about his pitch mix, you know, his fastball, uh, his curveball are considered really, really good already. Working on the changeup, as we all know, that third pitch for a starting pitcher is so important when you get to the major leagues. So he likes where that pitch is at, how it's developed, and I think that's certainly going to be a focus on uh, for him moving forward this season. But you know, former linebacker has that body type. He talks about bringing that football. One thing I'll, I'll tell you this: one thing he talked about that was really interesting. He was talking about how earlier in his career he. he brought sort of a football mentality onto the mound and has had to learn how to be more of a pitcher instead of a football player throwing a baseball, if that makes sense. And you can listen to his full answer. But that was an interesting, you know, part of it where he he talked about, you know, really learning how to be a a pitcher instead of maybe somebody who felt, you know, more like a, a football mindset that was throwing a baseball. So, I think it's a good reminder of how young he is. I mean, he, he's only 20. Um, he talks about working with Ethan Salas. And uh, one thing he said about Ethan Salas, and we've talked about how, you know, how much he's grown and how big and broad he is, is that he's a big target and he's easy to throw to. I mean, we've all talked about how mature he is and his age and all of it. But, you know, that's an interesting thing to hear just from a guy who's worked with Salas quite a bit about just throwing to him and the fact that he's a big target and that is important. So really good interview, enjoyed it. And uh, I've had a chance to talk to to Adam Mazur as well a couple of days ago that I got to put out. Um, And he's another highly touted prospect. So, Hey, it's it's interesting in there. You got a lot of talent, a lot of young guys, and uh, obviously a lot of opportunity abound right now. Well, it would be at least uh, somewhat ironic if the Padres ended up replacing Blake Snell with Robbie Snelling. What, what, you are the first person to ever think ironic that. Yeah. Well, it's just the name thing. God, the name comparison between the two names. They both start with Snell. 
You'll get it. Don't worry. Sense of give you the smell. break to get it. You'll you'll get it for sure. Sammy, good work as always. Uh, we will catch up with you one more time anymore, this week man. tomorrow. Like All right, that. guys. Enjoy the game. Sam Lovett, Sammy Spring Training. Uh, he'll get to be sitting there in the Peoria Sports Complex Stadium for Padres Dodgers. This afternoon, you can hear it here on 97.3 The Fam. All right, I will reward you for putting up with me. I've got a Spirit of the Barrio update for you. Another twist and turn. No way! In the saga. You just brought this I know. Up. It's, it's taken another major turn again yesterday afternoon. You're kidding. No. I No, let's just say we're back, baby. We're back. Back to the barrio you go. Back to the barrio. Yes. After a check of traffic on 97.3 The Fan. Some really good college basketball on last night that I doubt you watched, but some terrific endings of games, including uh, New Mexico beating Colorado State in... uh, the ever-crowded Mountain West race. Uh, they went back and forth, baskets over the last 20 seconds or so, and then the Lobos hung on for a two-point win. So they are tied with the Aztecs for third now behind Boise State and Utah State. And Colorado State, which is still ranked 22nd in the country, drops all the way to sixth place with their sixth and- conference loss. That's how quick it goes. You're One day you're ranked 22nd in the country, and you're you're battling for first. The next day... You lose by two on the road, and you're, you're in sixth. sixth place in the Jeez. conference. So, And there were a bunch of buzzer beaters in college basketball last night uh, with some entertaining uh, hoops that I was uh, keeping an eye on. But I was at work yesterday. I also got uh, an email. Told you um, a few weeks ago that I had been um, kindly invited to MC the first Spirit of the Barrio Luncheon. Who better? For the year. Who better? Uh, coming up uh, early next month. And it's a uh, it's an annual tradition where they get community leaders together. They have a lunch program with uh, tamales and speakers. And they said, we're going to have a kind of a Padres-themed one. And we thought you'd be perfect to be our MC. And I said, sure. I've done it before. It's been a few years, though. Happy to step up. It'll be the uh, Friday after we get back from spring training. So next Friday, a week from tomorrow. Okay. And I was in. I was all in. And then a few days later, yeah. I got... Word that I was out. We, that they we, were, we talked about it on the air, and we yeah. got nervous because they they pulled it. They did. And you thought maybe I wasn't barrio enough. Correct. We went through my history and my credentials and, and my background. We we Ben found Franco. Out ben Franco was actually your yep. um your my Mexican heritage that's, that's right. on my mother's side. That's right. And uh, so, but I was out. They had someone else. They double booked. We'll get you on another date. Fine, whatever. You know, I serve at the pleasure of the president sort of thing. And, Correct. You know, if you don't need me, you don't need me. Then yesterday I get the email and they said, oh, boy. you know, the um, the guy that we double booked with oh. who was going to oh, MC no. the spirit of the Barrio Luncheon instead of you can't do it anymore. So can we count on you at the last minute now with just a week to go to be our MC for the spirit of the Barrio Luncheon next Friday? And I said... $5,000. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely you I, can. I, I was promised uh, all the tamales I could both eat and take home with me at the end of the day. How does that make you feel? If I was Full your... of tamales. No, if I was your therapist, <laughs> Gassy, if I were your therapist and you came in and told me this story, I would say, how do you like feel said, about that? I was their first and third choice for the job. Well... I mean, if you were their first choice, they would have. Right, I was the second and, and third fourth, choice and fourth choice for, for, the job. for the job. Now, this, I, okay, at this, this point, has happened to you in radio as well. If if I get the word next week that 
Yeah, as it turns out, they did find someone else. And Mark Graham said he can At do it. At this point, I will start feeling a little bit insecure about the whole process. Like they're jostling you around? A little bit. They're messing with your, your but, emotions. No, they said, can, we, can, we can lock it in. We're going to promote it. It's done. You're done. You're the guy now. And I said, yeah, okay, I am the guy. I will be there next Friday to MC the Spirit of the Barrio Luncheon. And I will channel my Barrio spirit to the best of my ability. And I will be out there having a good time next Friday back in the saddle, in the barrio. In the barrio. Yeah. Yeah, they just, I mean, you're, you know, that's... that's. Now, I the tamales are good. I don't know if they're as good as the Kraft Taco tacos we had from the Kraft Taco yesterday. Those are hard to beat. You always want to be somebody's first choice, you know? You never want to be somebody's third choice. But wouldn't choice. you rather be the ultimate choice? Uh, Isn't that better than being the first, second, or third choice? The guy who actually ends up as the choice. The guy who gets the job. By default. Right. Like Like you did on this show. You weren't necessarily the first choice. There was like Derek and there was... Well, he had a shot. Yeah, there were other people who got shots before you. But you were the final choice. You were the ultimate choice for the job. They didn't say, first thing, we need to put Ben with a co-host. Let's go right to Stephen Woods. You're the first guy that everyone thought of. You weren't you weren't the first guy that apparently everyone thought of, but you were the last guy and you were the best guy. That's for weird because I never I never looked at it like I was like a, 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 a an add-on. You know oh yeah, I mean? you were very much like oh, nothing else is working, and we we can, we'll try anything at this point. Let's go with this guy. Woods. Let's be honest. <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, you were the first choice when we brought you over here to ninety seven. Thank, you, Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Um, yeah, well, I mean, listen. I hope you have. I mean, I hope you have a good time. Would you like to come with me? No, I enjoy. I get you a spot at a table. Absolutely not. I'm good. I'm good. I've got so much, so many things going on. I'm emceeing a couple of events as well. Uh, I've just got, just you know, just giving back to the. Hey, you've got an MC gig uh, coming up right after the show today. I do. Going to go out to. Uh, Going to go out and and MC. The ribbon, ribbon cutting, cutting. Ben. Yes. Do you get to actually cut the ribbon? Probably or not. Or do you just talk about other people with the giant novelty scissors? Yeah, talk about them. Cutting the ribbon. Um, the SEALs, in partnership with Rady Children's Hospital and the Ryan Family YMCA in Point Loma, they're hosting a special press event, Ben, the ribbon cutting ceremony today at 11. Uh, and I will. This is our second ribbon cutting. I mean, you went like to the, the, last uh, two the PLNU Padres Lab a couple yeah. of weeks ago. Now, a practice facility ribbon cutting. You're Mr. Ribbon Cutting San Diego. Yeah, this is the deal, man. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Get to see some of the boys and get ready for a home game tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, they will also be cutting the ribbon on the San Diego Mojo, the new volleyball team, kind of. Sort Where of. are they playing? Uh, Viejas. Viejas. It's not okay. a new venue. It's actually an established venue. But the new team, their first ever home game is tomorrow night against the Grand Rapids Rise. And right now we're giving away a four-pack of tickets. You want to see some professional women's volleyball action here in San Diego. Be the third caller at 833-288-0973. Third caller, we're going to hook you up with a four-pack of tickets. Be the first to check out our new team, the San Diego Mojo, bringing the heat to Viajas Arena all season long. You can go to San Diego Mojo VB.com to get your own tickets, but call now to win, 833-288-0973. 0973. All right, we will wrap things up. Final segment, Annie and Elston, Padres baseball. If you missed the lineup, we've got it for you for the first Padres game of the season. We may even have a, a Dodgers lineup for you here shortly as well. Coming up next on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. A lot of people are saying in the chat, Ben, that you should eat a bean for your meanness. 
And Ben is not a really mean guy. It's, not going to do it. I'm, it's I'm cutting. Mean. I'm not trying to even be cutting. It's cutting. When I was ben trying is mean to praise you and say that, that you I were was the, the third choice. You were the right choice. Ah, you okay. were the ultimate choice. <laughs> the ultimate. But you weren't the first person that the. Uh, admittedly, I think the not short-sighted the management that we had at the other place. <laughs> They didn't go to you first, uh, you know. To, to, you know, it wasn't the first idea. <coughs> I'm not going to make you eat a bean. Thank you. I don't think I deserve to eat a bean for that. They want you to. They, the fans they want always it. want me to. Eat I a know bean. the fans. There's want, nothing they that see the it. chat loves more than seeing me eat a bean. I'm sure it'll happen at some point. <laughs> don't think it's going to happen right now. I don't really feel like eating a bean. We're all coming off illness. The last thing you really want to see is is bean destruction, bean vomit in the studio this morning. All right. I uh, have not seen a lineup from the visiting Los Angeles Dodgers yet. I thought they might put one out. We did get one earlier from your San Diego Padres, though, for their very first uh, spring training game, which will be heard right here on 97.3 The Fans, starting at 12 o'clock coverage. First pitch at 12.10 with Jesse Agler and Tony Gwynn Jr., who is now probably in Winter Haven, California. Oh, my God. <laughs> race his way to the press box in time for the first pitch. I wish Hopefully. we had like a GPS on him right now. We could just check his <laughs> tracking, location. Tracking track Tony. Make make your calls, guys. We'll check it back tomorrow. Is he going to be there for first pitch? Oh. I think he will be. I think he will. He will first pitch be is, there. Is what noon our time? Twelve ten. Twelve ten our time. Broadcast will start. I mean, at 12. you've already hooked up with Dave Marcus. Check the connection. You know, Dave is. He'd be much more stressed sounding right now if he thought Tony wasn't going to make it. Well, at the end of the day, it's a it's a spring training game. They let me call a spring training That's game. It's point. not that big of a deal at the end of the day. We want it to be good and sound good and all that. And everyone wants to, you know, it's a dress rehearsal, if you will. But. Jesse will have good tidbits, though. He's been there for a few days chatting with everybody. He'll be well prepared. Had his uh, newsletter out yesterday. Like, yep. Jesse, I always... I signed up finally to, to actually get into my inbox. Yep. Usually I just get it on social media, but I've officially signed up for Jesse's uh, irregular newsletter that he puts out. He has his uh, spring training, his rankings of spring training ballparks in Arizona. Did the uh, second half of his, uh, you know, he likes them all, he said. Yeah. Jesse's they're, like I mean, me. They're he's, all, yeah. He's pretty, he's pretty nice when it comes to things, but even the bad ballparks like Maryvale. Uh, I wonder he's had if he nice would, things to say about. I wonder if he would throw his partner under the bus and say that Tony Gwynn Jr. wasn't, you know, the first choice. But ul- the ultimate choice is how you spin that. It's, it's the, the ultimate, ultimate choice. He was the ultimate choice. Um, here's your lineup if you missed it earlier for today's game. Starting in right field, the Platinum Glove winner, none other than Fernando Tantis Jr. himself. Xander Bogarts, batting second, playing second. Wearing number two. He is just the man of all the twos. Uh, Xander will hit second today. Jake Cronenworth will play first base and bat third. Luis Camposano behind the plate, uh, batting cleanup. Hassan Kim is now your shortstop. He will bat fifth today. Jackson Merrill will indeed start in left field, hitting sixth for the Padres. Uh, Eggy Rosario is the third baseman instead of Manny Machado today, who uh, will remain on the bench for the time being, but should get into a game soon. He'll hit seventh. Cal Mitchell is the DH today, batting eighth. And Jose Azokar, sugar out in center field, batting ninth with Joe Musgrove on the mound. Just expected to get the one inning of work for Joe. One of five spring training starts that should then set him up, hopefully to be ready to throw you know five or six innings in the Padres, one of the two openers in Korea next month. We have an idea on uh, who's backing up Joe. I, it's I, not heard, you, be I heard Yuki, Yuki Matsui's going to okay. pitch, but beyond that, 
Hey, maybe nine nine innings, nine guys is is probably yeah. what what Mike Schilt and Ruben Niebla are kind of looking at today. So you'll probably get a few of the bullpen regulars. You'll probably get a couple of the minor leaguers uh, getting some action as well deep into the games. But no uh, no set schedule as to who we're going to get in today's game. Is it weird that I'm nervous? <laughs> a little bit. I mean, you did put some money on the game, right? Well, that, that has nothing to do with it. <laughs> it's, is it weird that I'm nervous? I I, I just. You know, I'm excited. Baseball's back, and and I'm 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 always results. All in. Results don't mean anything they don't. today. They I don't. mean, if I had one wish, health. That's it. Health, health is the biggest it's wish. Always I, the, the if there's a performance wish, I'd like to see Jackson Merrill looking <laughs> comfortable. Maybe hit a line drive somewhere. Just you know, get out to a good start at spring training. And I'll tell you guys one thing: he's been in the biggest moments. He's won a World Series. There's no one on the field whose heart is beating faster than Xander Bogarts today for that first ground ball, that first pop-up in the infield, that very first contact that comes his way at second base. It's just a fact of life. Um, If he was standing at short, the heart rate would be considerably less. But the fact that he's standing at second base, Jackson Merrill's heart rate's going to be through the roof. He's a kid. Uh, But Xander Bogarts, who has done it on the biggest stages many times, is probably... A wreck right now. You just want to get that first one, and you hope the very first guy wraps one your way, a six hopper, and uh, make the play at first base and get it out of the way. I can promise you, he is vom- oh, I've got vomiting. A, I've got a Dodgers line right, for you go. as well, and not officially from their account, but someone seems to have uh, picked it up from Glendale. There, uh, Mookie Betts will lead off and play second base. The new second baseman making a position change. He's not the only one. Uh, Xander Bogarts and Mookie Betts, both full-time second baseman now. Chris Taylor at shortstop batting second. James Outman will be in center field hitting third. Tay Oscar Hernandez, his Dodgers spring debut in left field batting fourth. Austin Barnes is the catcher batting fifth. Gavin Lux returns. He will DH today batting sixth. Chris Owings is the third baseman uh, batting seventh. And I just clicked on something and lost it. Hang on. I get it back. Uh, Andy Pages is the right fielder hitting eighth. And Kevin Padlow <coughs> is the first baseman batting ninth with Gavin Stone, right-hander on the mound for at least uh, one inning for the game against the San Diego Padres. I have never heard of uh, Kevin Padlow. I expect him to hit three bombs today and, and you know make some defensive. little spring fodder. Tr- you know, the, the travel squad, usually when you go on the road, the last three or four guys in the lineup tend to be the non-roster invites, the the guys who probably aren't going to make the team, but yeah. need to get some action and get in there anyway. So, yeah, Kevin Padlow and Andy Pages and Chris Owings, I don't think are going to be critical members of the 2024 Dodgers, but they will be the bottom end of the lineup today against the San Diego Padres. East County Chris in the chat says, it's just a deep shortstop for Jackson Maryland left field. That's true. That's a good way to look at it. It's just a very, very deep Shortstop and uh, yeah, you don't want um, you don't want any collisions between yeah, Xander and Tatis on a shallow fly ball, or between Hassan Kim and Jackson Merrill with any communication issues. Remember, was it a Kim and Tommy Pham who yeah had a collision? Tommy Pham pretty bad one with. Fifteen percent of uh, active big leaguers, I think, right now in the major leagues. Both during the game, before the game, a lot of collisions involving Tommy Pham. Yeah, so I'm, I'm fantasy football teammates, opponents. Yeah, he, he will collide with everybody, and he's he's out of a job right now. He's still sitting around waiting for a phone call. So it'll be interesting to see uh, if the phone starts ringing today for some of these guys, Cody Bellinger and the like. But um, 
It's going to be interesting. I Make your predictions. Where do you guys think these guys are going to end up going? Where Cody Bellinger back to the Cubs is seemingly, like you said earlier, maybe a, maybe a foregone conclusion, maybe just ironing out some details. Uh, I have no idea. I still I saw rumors last night of Snell to the Yankees still, which I think makes sense. Um, they weren't too keen on that on MLB Network. They said, oh, I don't know if he can pitch in New York. Like, Blake, Blake can pitch anywhere. Blake's a good big-game pitcher. He was good in the playoffs. He pitched in the AL East. I know Florida and New York are different, but I, I don't really – he's going to – He's going to start slow, I would imagine, wherever he goes, whether it's Anaheim or whether it's New York or Boston. I knew I brought them up earlier, but like that feels like a perfect move for the Orioles, right? Like Maybe yeah. there's not a huge market for him. Uh, swoop in, get the Cy Young Award winner, add him to that rotation, make a run. They just you know, they put, lost, Bradish. They lost Kyle Bradish. Like, the, the Orioles, I'm fascinated by them. Like I Me feel like too. they need to go make some moves. And I think, I, think, I think Jordan Montgomery makes sense for... 20 teams right now. Your beloved Atlanta Braves could use a Jordan Montgomery. I mean, there's he's a guy that's proven it. He can do it on the biggest stage. He's a he's a gamer, he's a grinder. Like that guy's a really good fit. So, really interesting to see where that all all shakes out. All right, we got one more check of traffic here. Adam still all right. One last check of traffic and then we'll wrap things up. Get you ready for Annie and Elston here on 973 the Fan. All right, uh, we've got a little over 2 hours 10 minutes to go until our first Padres uh, broadcast of the season. Looking forward to that coming up today again. Uh, no Manny Machado, but uh Mike Schilt does expect him to get into a game fairly soon as a designated hitter. And the way things are progressing, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him at, at third base in a week or two. Yep. Uh he's taking ground balls and throwing Pretty much every day. Yep. Uh, in defiance of what we were told to expect from Manny. Like the first day, he was like fielding and dropping the ball. And it's like, yeah, maybe in a week or two he'll throw. And then that afternoon, he the was very throwing. next. Yeah. That and afternoon. then I heard, well, yeah, maybe he'll like do it like every other day he'll throw. But then they came back the next day and he was throwing and he was feeling fine. So I, I don't think there's much of a concern at this point that, that Manny's not going to be ready for the start of the season. Uh, anybody can have a setback. Uh, and clearly the Padres don't want that to happen. But. Uh, he is well ahead of the game when it comes to what they thought and milestones he'd need, mileposts he'd need to be at at this point to be ready for the season. So. Yeah, and I mean, I, anybody that doubted him, I mean, obviously it's not you know it's not opening day yet, but I kind of always had that feeling that he's the dude grinds hard in his his rehab. He always wants to be back on the field. They were talking about that last night on MLB Network as well about how Manny you know continues to just post year in and year out. So that's the the my main concern. I mean, I. I I think about it all the time. I remember last year in Cactus League when Gavin Lux got hurt and was out for the season. Just make, you know, health is just such a premium right now. Get these, you know, get get Xander and Tatis, these guys, a couple ABs and call it a day, man. Get, you know, let the kids play. Let the kids play in Cactus League, but uh, it just it's it's that anxious, nerve wracking thing where you just hope everybody gets through the games healthy, both I, both sides. Yeah, but you also have to be getting ready for the season yeah. with a little more purpose than usual, for given sure. how how quickly uh, Korea will arrive. <laughs> uh, and remember, it's not just the twentieth of March; they're getting on a plane on the thirteenth of March to head yeah. over there, and they'll do some more work when they're there. But you got to figure the bulk of your preparation is getting it's got to be done by. The 13th of March. That is three weeks from, what, tomorrow? I think so, 13th yeah. of March? I mean, that's that's not a ton of time. At most, you know, these guys figure are going to get in eight or ten spring training games. That's that's about all they're going to have, the opportunity. So they're going to have to make the most of the at-bats that they're getting in these opportunities, even early here in spring training in these games. Get good work in, get quality work in, stay healthy, 
And then, uh, you know, be ready to come back the next day and do it again. Yeah, tomorrow when we come in, it's a Friday. Uh, I know Marco just put in the chat, man, he did the podcast with Adam Jones. Yeah, we'll have Paulie. I think Paulie's coming back tomorrow, or do we know yet? We'll figure it out. Uh, Anybody else you want to try in the chair for the fourth different producer of the week? Anybody else want to give it a a crack? Let us know. Maybe we can give it away on 97.3thefansd.com. Chance to come produce Ben and Woods for the day. Uh, That would be fun. Um, just let some novice come in and yeah, start we'll, pushing. Yeah, uh, we'll have some of the Manny, hopefully, audio from, from yeah. Adam Jones. Maybe even Adam Jones is on. I know Paulie reached out just to see if uh, he was available. He's, of course, uh, in Europe, Barcelona, doing his thing. So, uh, But if we can arrange that, we will uh, do that for a Friday uh, to wrap up the week. And then, uh, yeah, hopefully Paulie's feeling better at the very least. If I he's not, I- then... Yeah, let him have the day off sure. and get all the way through the weekend. No doubt. All right, Andy, right. Andy Nelson coming up next. They got a two-hour show for you today. Woods is just so jealous as they lead into Padres baseball at 12 o'clock. Thank you to our fearless leader, Adam Klug, coming in very early. Mostly pushed all the right buttons today. Did a very nice job. For Stephen Woods, I'm Ben Higgins. Have a great rest of your Thursday from all of us here at San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. So long, everybody. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.